0: Maybe by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees.
1: fence
2: me in, people! Don't you? Don't you dare fence me in! Yeah. I got. An, do I have an issue with the? Uh, I have an issue with the sound. Of it. Is it okay? Computer's okay and everything okay. What? I'm, I'm deafer than usual today. Am I? Some, something not right about this uh, extravaganza. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, maybe that's it, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt, everybody. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning and happy Thursday to all of you. And uh, boy, what an experience yesterday on the Pascal Show. You guys were, uh, boy, it was, yeah, yeah. hold on, let me just, let me drink my, uh, my beer real quickly here before we go. I bought this, um, this new stuff called Excience Energy, which is a mistake. I can tell right now. I feel like I'm drinking aspirin or something. You know, you got to stick with the real stuff, the monsters of the world and everything. You, you, you got to stick with that stuff. Don't try to go off the grid and get this other garbage because it's never going to work for you. It is luck. How do? How do? Here's the problem. Here's here how things. Here's how things really started this morning for me. Uh, And by the way, uh, do you see Sarah? uh, Sarah Palin's excluded from McCain's funeral. Do you see that? This guy. This is disgusting. This this whole affair. This 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 whole deal. Uh, She's excluded from his funeral. I'm sorry. I heard all yesterday about how great the family is and how this and this and this and, and Megan McCain and blah, blah, blah. But I'm getting really tired of them, tell you the truth. Anybody tired of John McCain yet? I mean, I, I, honestly, this is, this is getting to be ridiculous. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble here with my, my, my sound. Okay, now, now I got it. Palin, not invited to the funeral. And this is at the request of the McCain family. So I don't even know whether this is actually John McCain. But this is getting really sickening uh, watching this whole affair happen. I, 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 I have to tell you, it's, it's – first of all, there's a possibility that Cindy McCain could be the one appointed to John McCain's seat. And if that's the case, I don't think that ought to happen either. I don't think Sidney McCain ought to be the one who is appointed to his seat. But there's there's that possibility that could happen. But this idea that, that, that Sarah Palin is not invited to the funeral because of the family is really – these guys have totally jumped the shark when it comes to small, petty activities. And I'm about sick of John McCain. And we've got about four more days of this. And then, and then maybe even more if Cindy gets appointed to his seat. So we're just hoping that doesn't happen. If she does get appointed to the seat, it's just another example of the, the swampy nature of this establishment Republican crew. This, uh, Deucey guy who is the, uh, the governor there in Arizona is likely going to give her the seat. Probably, probably kind of one of these, uh, gift seats, I guess you could say. And she might be filling in. And it really is a shame, though, because, uh, you know, Palin was the one who came out on Saturday and called John McCain an American original, maverick, fighter, never afraid to stand for his beliefs, never took the easy path in life, and and talked about how he was uh, sacrificial and how he was a person who inspired others to retain their greatest self. That's what those are her words. And they both, when they both came about as running mates, they were both known as Mavericks. Sarah Palin was a, was it, was a individual who had a a 90% approval rating as the mayor of Wasilla, as the governor of Alaska had gone in there and drained the own their own swamp of sorts there in in Alaska, and she did some good work. And in fact, she saved his rear end in the 2008 election. If it weren't for if it weren't for Sarah Palin, John McCain wouldn't have done nearly nearly as as well as he as he did in the first place. And even then, he didn't do that well. So Sarah Palin kind of saved his butt from the annals of obscurity and nonetheless apparently according to people magazine which is you know covering the story they're covering the story like john mccain's a former president for crying out loud anyway then mccain apparently you know in his book and beyond regretted Regretted that he chose her as a running mate, and that was another insult. I just basically, kind of threw her under the bus when it comes to electoral politics, and regretted having Sarah Palin on the ticket. And of course, I've always maintained, as I said before, that that if it weren't for Sarah Palin, John McCain would have would have just been a a, a laughing stock. Nonetheless, uh, People Magazine quoted a source. It's funny how People Magazine is the is covering the story. People Magazine quoted a source uh, close to the Palin family. Uh, out of respect for Senator McCain and his family, we have nothing to add at this point. The Palin family will always cherish their friendship with the McCains and hold their those memories dear. Uh, so, even after this indignity. Sarah Palin has declined to criticize him. So anyway, the, I guess the the funeral Sunday, not Saturday. So we we actually have one more uh, day day that I predicted of of this monstrosity. And the media has never tired of uh, has never never tired of uh, its adulation of this guy, even though they criticized him time and time again. And I'm just, at this point, with Palin being basically not invited, I'm, I'm kind of, any, any train I was on that was remotely peaceful regarding the McCain funeral, I'm completely off. So forget about it at that point. Yeah, uh, Father Tom's wondering if uh, Nate will be joining the show. No, I'm sorry, Nate's Beard. There's a Twitter account called Nate's Beard. Nate Jones's beard. It'll be interesting. He he wound up on the Pascal show. Thank you guys all yesterday for uh, coming out and uh, first of all watching the Pascal show on Facebook, and also for. And it's interesting. They were uh, they were elated that they had like thirty people viewing the show, and on a regular basis we have. Well, I mean it's it's six ten and we've got forty one uh, and, and and climbing, but you know we we get eighty to a hundred. 80 to 90 viewers a day, which is pretty cool. But I told him, I said, that's still still very good for the fact that some people don't even know the show is out there. So good for Pascal. And thank you for having me on, my friend. I, I appreciate that very much. And the trolls came out, or tried to, and you all just ate them alive. It was kind of like uh, having my own crew of uh, warriors out there. They, they tried valiantly and it it just and they revealed kind of their gratuitous hate. they had nothing to say. There was even a a question and answer forum There's a question forum called the Burning Question that Pascal had in his uh for his show, so you could actually ask questions, but you all didn't have any questions because I've given you all the answers you need on this show. But for the people just coming in, you'd think they would have questions, but the people the haters didn't even have questions. you'd think they they'd have questions, but they didn't have questions either, so it turned out to be uh pretty darn funny in the end and you guys really, the army, Tim Ingram, yeah, Tim was one of them out there, Margaret was obviously out there at one point uh Nate's beard uh decided he was going to claim, and this is and this is how. This is kind of how stupid these people are. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, when I say stupid, I don't mean that – like I don't really normally call people stupid because that doesn't seem to be an argument really. But these guys are pretty stupid, especially Nate's beard. And Nate's beard went on Facebook and claimed that Margaret Sharp was a fake account uh, created by me and – that it was designed to kind of uh, disrupt, and, I, and, I, and that I made a miscalculation. I, I mistakenly said, "Hi, Tim," as Margaret's as the fake Margaret Sharp account. Now, th- now, obviously, he says I thinks I have a fake account, and that because it has the logo, the Radio Free Almond logo on it. And he says, I have a fake account. And that's, and that's why it's proven I have a fake account because it has the Radio Free Album logo on it, which is really kind of stupid. Also, then he, I think he tried to maintain that, like, for instance, in his logic, I would have to basically be typing while I'm on the show talking. Like, for instance, yeah, it's a fake account. He uses it to, you know, get back at his critics and, 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 and resort to violence and everything else. I've got a, I've got a carpet issue again. well, anyway, now I'll deal with it. It's fine. Uh, to lash out at his critics, I'm thinking, okay, so under his logic, I would have this fake Margaret Sharp account, but I'm on Pascal's show. And so I guess I'd be figuring out some way to be typing behind my back or typing things while I'm on the show. It just – it doesn't make any sense. It defies – and he went on and he made a big Facebook post about it and everything else. And then I took his Facebook post, then put a picture of Margaret and basically busted him out. And then he wound up deleting his Facebook post because it it, it was just so monumentally foolish. It was just – crazy, but that's the way people are. I mean, you know, thank you guys for all being out there and, and doing such a great job. Uh, Mama K, welcome to the show as well. Hi, Tara Lynn. Thank you very much for being with us as well. Mama K, I made, I, I ate one of your tomatoes last night. I took a picture of it and everything else. And so I'm going to put a little Facebook post uh, of it. I, and I hope, by the way, hey, Vicky, I hope, by the way, Mama K, you don't mind. I, I, is it ruining your tomatoes if I... Use white anchovies with them because I made a white anchovy and tomato dish last night. And these white anchovies are uh, – it, it was amazing, just incredible. And uh, the tomatoes are great. So thank you so much for that. I'll, I'll put the pictures up there and uh, and appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, the amen section, says Jimmy. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate you very much. And, uh, yeah, they have uh, – <laughs> it was it was a it was a fun day yesterday and and uh, but thank you all for being there and it was kind of weird to be on the show itself because uh i've never really been on a talk show before you know i've never really been like on a on a never really been interviewed about the thing i've always really talked mostly but i've never about it to you all but i've never really been in uh, on a talk show and asked questions about it and and they weren't really i didn't do any I didn't do any interviews with channel five. Mike Bush wanted to talk to me at one point and I just didn't, didn't feel like doing it. And because I know I, and listen, I I know Mike, uh, I don't dislike Mike. Uh, but I, uh, I just never did an interview with him. I, I didn't like the way I didn't want to see how this story was going to be told in the mainstream media. So I didn't, uh, do an interview. Ch- Channel Two wanted to interview me, I think, at one point, and I just uh, begged off. So it was cool to be on on this show, uh, on Pascal's show, and thank you all for coming out. So yeah, before we, i I'll get more to the Sarah Palin. This thing is dry. The Sarah Palin thing is really making me mad. But I, but I'm, I'm, and I'm not happy about it. But I also love the fact that in the meantime, bigger fish are frying, and one of those fish frying would be the. Uh, would be CNN and and uh Carl Bernstein who's now apparently just so overtly offended by the idea that anybody would in any way shape or form doubt uh the, the his uh would doubt his reporting because after all I'm Carl Bernstein how dare you it was so it was what's even better about all this is that it's all about Russia collusion, you know, and so everybody's at treating this like it's like it's Watergate. But but the fact of the matter is, it's not Watergate and there really are no uh, elements of Russia collusion. And the fact of the matter is they're never going to find it. There's nothing there. That's why they're not going to find it. And what's great about it is that the one guy who is responsible for actually uncovering anything meaningful about White House scandal is Carl Bernstein. And and so Bernstein is getting skewered by Trump, who currently is under investigation by the media, right? Big. Be- And yet he's throwing it in their face and challenging Bernstein to come up with something, something decent and and can't do it. And Trump is mocking him roundly. He put out a tweet. He said, the hatred and extreme bias of me by CNN has clouded their thinking and made them unable to function. But actually, as I have always said, this has been going on for a long time. Little Jeff Z. <laughs> uh, little Jeff Z has done a terrible job. His ratings suck. <laughs> I'm, yeah, listen, people will say, oh, the president's beneath him. And I'm like, no. This is awesome. Keep it up. Jeff Z has done a terrible job. His ratings suck, and AT&T should fire him to save credibility. And this time, he also doubled down on the enemy, the people. I cannot state strongly enough how totally dishonest much of the media is. Truth doesn't matter to them. They only have their hatred and agenda. This includes fake books which come out about me all the time, always anonymous sources and are pure fiction, enemy of the people. These guys know that they're wrong here about this story, yet they are still digging in and deciding they're not going to say anything about this in any way, shape, or form by being in any way, shape, or form remotely apologetic about what they're doing. And, and and so now Bernstein is making this out to be his little crusade. Right. And he tweets out on, it says, um, I, uh, I have spent all of my days as a, as a, as a journalist and a, and a person who's paid my dues. I spent my life as a journalist, bringing the truth to light through administrations of both parties no taunt will diminish my commitment to that mission, which is the essential role of the free press. And this guy's acting as if this is somehow, some way, some attack on the First Amendment or whatever it is. And, and, and then he says CNN stands by its story, and I stand by my reporting. And the fact of the matter is Bernstein knows that there's no way at this point really to – there's no way that you can prove them wrong at this point. And in this day and age, uh, and and maybe we like it that way, there's no real way to prosecute them for lying. Uh, in, In our current construct, the media can lie. Unless of course it defames somebody, and unfortunately, uh, you know, when you're a public figure in this sense, like Donald Trump, you can't defame the president. Because ultimately what happens is uh you're you're never you're 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 not gonna you're not gonna win in this in this situation by uh by suing them because defamation, it defamation you have to can ultimately be uh, thrown out if somebody can simply prove that you're a public figure, and that's just the and you, and, and damages you have to prove damages. A- and unfortunately, damages cannot be proven in this case. Although you know there are damages to the president's reputation here, but you, you can't really prove damages. So a defamation suit is almost impossible to win under these circumstances. And so the media knows it can get away with whatever it wants to get away with. Now, defamation has a different story and a different angle to it. For instance, in my case, like, for instance, when we sue the Riverfront Times and the Washington Post and the New York Times and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the Washington Free Press, when we sue them for defamation, we will have a case. And that is because, for instance, I'm in a situation right now where I am a public figure. But when you accuse somebody of threatening sexual assault, that bounces into a completely different category. That goes into a completely different realm. Like, for instance, if The Washington Post or CNN accused the president of rape or sexual assault or threatening it, they would be vulnerable. And they know that. And for instance, in my case, the media outlets that report on me are absolutely vulnerable because not only can I prove defamation and I and I can prove malice and reckless disregard for the truth. Those are two things you have to you have to prove. It's harder to prove, like for instance, in this case with this Trump Tower report because you'd have to prove malice and all that kind of stuff but, and reckless disregard for the truth and you could probably prove malice but you anyway you guys get the drift it'd be hard to sue uh, CNN as the president but I but when I sue these guys I I have absolute I'll absolutely be able to prove defamation I'll ab- libel I'll absolutely be able to prove that they had a reckless disregard for the truth I'll absolutely be able to prove malice because all of their twitter accounts and everything else all the things that I've frozen the screenshots and everything else prove what their motivation was to essentially get me off the air so I could I could I could prove why they were saying I was threatening to sexually assault David Hogg one Outfit even said that I fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg. That's defamation. That's libel. That's where I can go in and and prove that I was not threatening to sexually assault David Hogg. And I can go in and prove that they printed it without not only with reckless disregard for the truth, but also with a knowledge that that's not what I did. Since since it's a legal terminology. So they're they're in they're in a, a very bad situation now, these folks. But but I see I can I can prove that. I can I can go through with that. And the other problem is that they have is that they changed their headlines. And that's that's a problem because that's an admission of guilt. And they not only changed their headlines, I have one reporter at the Post-Dispatch, I have the message with me, in fact, uh, who admitted that the Post-Dispatch, upon realizing I really didn't sexually assault or threaten to sexually assault David Hogg, changed the entirety of their presentation. So now now it's a controversial tweet. But before it was me threatening to sexually assault David Hogg. See, that's the problem you get into is when you change your headlines and change your story, that's when you basically have iced yourself. And, and the Washington Post was a great example of that they – it was 15 minutes where they accused me in the Washington Post of threatening to sexually assault David Hogg and then changed their headline 15 minutes later, which was unfortunately for them 15 minutes too late. I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get this stuff out of my mouth right now. And, and excuse me if I if it, it's disgusting, but I got a story to tell about this. It's not a, and then, and then, I'm, and then I bought this energy drink. Like, ben Murphy, if you're if you're in anywhere around, uh and you have something, bring it by. and I will, I'll open the door for you. Uh, and, and, and caught something Because I, I, I've somehow Just ruined my mouth On the way in to work this morning So I went out and bought this uh, Went out and bought this um, What you got over there, buddy? Oh, Matt, thank you so much, buddy Water Water Thank you Thank you, man. You're the best, man. I, I, can you guys mind if I just take a swig here? I don't mean to be. I know it's disgusting when you hear people uh, when you hear people um, uh, I, Jimmy wants to know if I sue the writers thank, thank you a ton though. If I sue the writers, are they covered by the newspaper or by their own self? It depends. Like at the RFT, when I go after the actual individual writers, they might be. they might be covered by the company but that's But that's something they're going to have to work out. They're going to have to deal with that. Like, for instance, uh, at the Washington Post, I won't sue the writer at the Washington Post. I'll sue the Washington Post because the writer didn't write the headline. But when I sue the RFT, which I'm suing with the Washington Post, I'll sue both the writer of the story, who's on the record, as being part of the effort to get me off the air, and then the editor who actually doubled down and tweeted out that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg, so she's she's in uh, she's in a little bit of a of a pickle. Anyway, I don't I'm not, I didn't mean to make, make this about myself. What I was trying to say is that some people have broached the subject. Well, can can Donald Trump sue CNN for this story? And 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 unfortunately, you can't prove. Reckless disregard for the truth or malice. You could probably prove malice. But more importantly, he's a, he would be considered a public figure, like I would. But then you'd have to be able to prove damages. And and you all know that I can clearly prove damages. You know that, right? Like you, you know I can prove damages. Because you know, although we're back on, and as I told Pascal yesterday, we have I have— just as many listeners and 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 uh, viewers, for that matter, as I had back at ninety-seven one. Just as an example, for instance, yesterday, uh, more than five thousand people watched. Just more than five thousand people just watched the Facebook feed. That's, that's just the Facebook feed, and then you you couple that with the. Uh, the, the 10,000 or so on the stream. And and it's interesting because you're thinking, well, that kind of seems like a low number. Not really over at 97 one, our, our weekly listenership was at about 55, 60,000, usually about 55 in the morning. And I'm getting more of that now. And there are, and most, a lot of the people don't even know. Some people don't even know where to find me still. So, you know, that, that's the kind of, uh, fandom we have. So if I'm gonna five 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 thousand and another ten, you know, that's another, you know, I'm at I'm at sixty thousand a week. It's a lot of people that you're that you're reaching, especially when you have an app and a Facebook page that, that that people have to go to and have to be have to find. But still in the immediate though, when it comes to suing these entities, and we have one suit before this, before the lawsuit against the media, but uh before that. But but in in, i could absolutely prove damages you all know what happened to me and a lot of it has to do with uh with uh with the radio job as much as the tv job the radio job is where uh i made most of my money and most of my living and the tv job was basically beer money but still we uh but, but that's where I can, I can definitely prove damages, and I, and I will, and we will. I can prove reckless disregard for the truth because all you have to do is ask the people who wrote the stories and who wrote the headlines. So you said Jamie Allman threatened to sexually assault David Hogg. How did you know that? And then won't take long after that especially since I didn't didn't even tweet David Hogg. So they they're 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 compromised for sure and there's no statutes of limitation so uh I am I'm, I'm just, you know, I am just waiting. You know, it's just a matter of time. It'll be uh by the you know, by probably by the year anniversary of of the firing will be the media will be the defamation suit. But we've got one in between that one. I already have a suit now with Intercom that I'm involved in, so that that's going to take some time. And we're in the middle of arbitration there. And then uh, then the next one will come, uh, and then then we'll go with the defamation thing. But anyway, back to uh, back to my mouth debacle. So I do uh, I do vitamin B uh, B12, and vitamin B12 is awesome. It's it's the it's the uh, liquid it's the uh, food of the gods people vitamin B twelve if you can if you can handle it and it's really easy and we've got oh hey Rebecca's heading down to Florida today good for you have fun she's got an RFA t shirt and hat uh, Rebecca West thank you so much for that and really uh, lucky you it's great Florida uh, September and October in Florida uh, depending on where you're going it's just absolutely beautiful. I won't mention hurricanes, okay? I I promise you I won't do that. But uh, have fun down there in Florida. Well deserved little vacation for Rebecca. Uh, by the way, Margaret was asking, will you sue Nate? No. He didn't. He didn't. You know, no, I, I'm not going to. It would be unnecessary, and 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 plus, then it would be a more expensive suit because I'd have to sue his beard too. And so it'd be a, it'd be a double suit, and uh, the beard would be the be the bit would be a lot of work uh but uh so I, i'd have to sue his stupid beard also and that wouldn't be that wouldn't be fun maybe too much too much work. he's already you know kind of embarrassed himself enough so i do i do b12 and i i, I love b12 and i i it's an energizer it's a uh you know, blood infuser adds oxygen to your blood. B12 is just a great thing and it's water soluble, so you can't really OD on it. Like I did with uh with the D1. Can't really OD on it. So I uh and and, and uh, Todd says he gets the B12 shots at Naputi. Yeah I do too. I, I sometimes do the Myers cocktail, which is kind of like an IV and it's it's that's great too. But for the most part I go out and I buy B12. Now, one of the things that I do and 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 that normally generally uh, is good for you anyway if you can get a vitamin that is natural that, that actually you just it goes directly into your mouth like a sublingual vitamin as opposed to one you just swallow and it goes in your stomach because what happens is that uh, the acid in your stomach and everything else generally will deplete the impact of the vitamin that you're just taking. So oftentimes people will take their their vitamins and swallow them and then probably only get about 75, 70% of the true vitamin impact because your stomach acid and everything else is eating the rest of it. It's not really going into your system. So I like, for instance, B12, sublingual B12. Don't go out and buy it, a bunch of it from Whole Foods. I haven't gone by there yet. I need to get a different bottle because this was the wrong bottle. I was telling you this. I'll be going out and taking my sublingual B12 just yet. Give me a little chance this morning so I can get out and get some more. But I would encourage you, and some people do liquid. Yeah, I've done liquid before too, and you could that's a good idea too. Eat any way that you can just deliver it. Right to your mouth is probably the best way. Oftentimes, other vitamins really can't do that. Like a like a general, you know, supplement or something that has a bunch of vitamins, you gi- you generally can't find that in a, in a in a liquid or drinkable formulation or a sublingual formulation. It would be under the tongue, people. Right. So anyway, I get the uh, B twelve, and I always go for the sublingual. Normally, what I'll do is I know the brand I get. I usually from Whole Foods. It's a sublingual brand, but I happen to be at Deerberg's, and I went ahead and got some of this Nature Made B twelve. And I saw that it in the sublingual section. And usually, I do five thousand milligrams a pill, and I'll take a handful of them and just pop them in my mouth. So I'm probably taking, you know probably taking 50,000 milligrams a day, which is good. I mean, I, I, that's, that, that helps me out. So I get the sublingual things, and I get two bottles of it, and I get the 3,000 level. And I, this morning then, I have one, one in my backpack. This morning then, I open them up, and usually what happens is I don't bother with this whole top lid thing. I will take the lid off. I'll pound my finger through the top of it, Take all the cotton and all the other crap out of it, and the and the the lid out of it, and I'll just put it in my mouth, put it in my uh, in my hand hand, and pop it in my mouth. So I'll do. So I did that with these. So I'm sitting there on the way driving in, and I do that my normal routine, and I uh, I did it did this put it in my mouth, started chewing away. And as I'm chewing, and that's what I do, I chew them. I don't don't let them sit there and melt in my mouth because, well, you know me. I'm not going to sit there and do that. I'm going to get them into my system right away. So I usually chew them. So I start chewing these things. I'm going, these don't taste right. They don't really have, uh, they don't taste like the flavored part of it. They you don't. Know, they don't. So I'm and I'm chewing like a dozen of these things. All right, and I look at the bottle and it's like, you got to be kidding me. I I'm I'm chewing on these time release B12 pills that somehow somebody must have put into the section of the of the sublingual section because I grabbed one that said sublingual and the one behind it. So apparently this was in the one behind it, and so I'm on my way in, and I'm literally chomping on pills I'm supposed to swallow that weren't designed to be sublingual. My mouth is like blah, chalky, and I'm like, I, this, has got, this is the first time it's ever happened to me. I'm surprised, actually. So anyway, that's, why, that's, what, that's, that's, uh, that's the story of my mouth, and I'm sticking to it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so coming up, Boyd Dershowitz has been on a tear over this CNN thing. And I'm going to follow up on the lack of a Sarah Palin invitation to the McCain funeral, which is, as I said off the top, and a lot of you just might have missed it because you're just getting on, but let me tell you something. I'm sick of John McCain already, and we've got four more days of this crap. Four more days of these John McCain tributes and the St. John stuff and the attacks on President Trump and everything else. And then Sunday, finally, this national nightmare will be over. But let me tell you something. I, I, this was – there was a time, for instance, on Monday I came out. I said, I get it about McCain, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but to me, he didn't do much. And, I, and you, guys have, you guys have heard my discussions and, and, and rants about this and, and everything else but but at some point, my friends, uh I have to tell you i am uh, i'm off the I'm off whatever train there might have been left that would laud in any way John McCain. The family's decision to not invite Sarah Palin to the funeral has to go down in history as one of the the the, the sickest pettiest, ungrateful moves that I've seen in a long, long time. And the Sarah Palin, when John McCain died, had nothing but wonderful, nice things to say about him. And to me, she was saying it while gritting her teeth because McCain had earlier thrown her under the bus and claim that she it was a mistake to choose her, when the reality is it was the exact opposite. He never would have gotten even the close to the numbers he got if it weren't for her. John McCain was a horrible candidate. I voted for him, and I even promoted him and brought the ticket. so but he was a horrible candidate. He was boring. And now, in reflection, if I didn't know any better, I would think he purposely lost the election. How we wound up with John McCain as the nominee in 2008 anyway is beyond me. But nonetheless, uh, this thing with Sarah Palin really is infuriating. And the family, I, I don't think this was in his will or whatever, like, like the, or his list of wishes, I don't know, like the one with President Trump but this idea that the family cuz that's apparently what people magazine is saying that the family excluded uh Sarah Palin from the funeral so what Megan McCain and 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 Cindy McCain did this and then we've then there's a possibility that the governor of of Arizona will appoint Cindy McCain to fill his seat which which is so swampy and and vile it's just like really you to know, appoint Cindy McCain to fill John McCain's seat. So anyway, I we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about the CNN thing. I know that uh, Jimmy Carifano is going to be joining us right about seven a.m. and we'll follow up on uh, world events and beyond with him as well. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. <music> Are live from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com is the website for all of you folks in the business of hauling, building, you name it. You got it with Discovery Design, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Good morning this morning and a happy Thursday, everybody. Pascal is on with us. Hey, Pascal. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Great show. I hear you got a lot of people viewing it, buddy. So a lot of people turned on to your show. So you got a lot of love from uh, the Radio Free Almond Army. Which most of your people saw in full-fledged action last night. Or yesterday. Well, continuing on into last night. (laughs) Got a lot of dedicated, loyal, good people who are not taking any crap anymore. This is uh, <laughs> we've been through a lot together building this over the past five months. I don't even know is it five four whatever five and we've kind of uh, grown out of the ashes together and so we didn't come this far to have somebody's beard try to take it down, but generally people were all just uh, pleasant and it was fun Pascal, you were great and uh, thank you for allowing me to tell my story uh, my side of the story and it was a pleasure to be with you on your show, so thank you Pascal Pascal Babouf, you can check it out the Pascal show on on Facebook and and he's on at 10am so you can check that out good man and you know even though even though it's it was noted more than a few times that we're completely political opposites but uh i told him i did remind him that if you really get down to a lot of issues like i'm talking about the micro issues good possibility we're probably more aligned than we aren't it's it's the it's the structure we're in the 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 structure we have that basically prevents us sometimes from reaching each other to a certain degree so we'll be back on the show got a great crew there too pascal your people are awesome and uh, they were very friendly and nice and uh, very uh inviting accommodating and so i really appreciate uh, well, all you did for me yesterday and all you did for the truth yesterday and yeah some people didn't like it including uh, nate's beard and he, the funniest part of the yesterday, and I'll, I'll go back here because I know that we, you got some of you who just joined us uh, or didn't hear the story, but uh, they had the, there was one guy Nate's beard went on. He did an entire Facebook post alleging that Margaret Sharp was a fake Jamie Alman account, and, and his tip off to to him was that 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 the uh, Facebook logo for her. Is a radio-free almond logo, so that was the tip-off. And somehow it was a, it was really me. <laughs> and, and and then he and he went on and said said that uh, Margaret threatened or, or Margaret through I my fake account threatened violence against people. I think because Margaret was more, I think offhandedly said you know I want to kill these people for what, what they did to him. It's like yeah we're done with the whole literal interpretations of your, uh, uh, your you you whiny babies out there. Not everything is literal. Gee whiz. I mean, I know, I know your mommy always said you were right all the time, Nate's beard, but uh, please grow up. So anyway, and the other assumption that had to be made was that, that I would be with my fake account typing or, tell, or communicating to people through during, while I'm on the show. Because that, that's when Margaret was in the, the, in the comment section, and the presumption is that, that, that I was utilizing that account while I'm on the show, even though if you look at me on the show, I'm not typing anything. I'm talking to Pascal. So it was the, the dumbest it, – it, it, sometimes these people just don't have any idea. And I think it comes from just growing up just coddled and spoiled rotten. I mean, it didn't even occur, it didn't even occur to him the possibility that, that maybe he was wrong. So I put something up on the page and uh, and I uh, and then he took his post down, but he's still angry. Trying to get up in uh, JB here uh, at Gaslight, you have Jamie Alman there at Gaslight. How dare you? And JB's like, no. Uh, first of all, there's a, Jamie. There's a lot of business here. And uh, does a lot of uh, a lot of things here, and also actually allows us to do more for local musicians because he's paying us to be here on a number of different levels. I mean, there's well, you know, you you all know what a business relationship does. It Helps people oftentimes. Hopefully, it does. And to tell you the truth, if it wasn't helpful to them, they wouldn't have me here. Uh, it's not just out of the goodness of their hearts, and they're they're good people. And you know, Matt and JB and these guys are fantastic people here at Gaslight, and I'm sure they there are things to disagree with. And this, I mean, but that's never even relevant to the discussions we have or anything else. So it was interesting. So uh, I appreciate JB coming out even and saying, "Dude, please shut your beard up. It's it's time to it's time to get over it once and for all." But boy, these hipsters out there, man, they just uh, they just don't know. Uh, and, and why is it that they like have to have like a big? What is that about the big gigantic beard? Like, man has a beard. You don't have, but you you don't have like a beard so that people don't mistake you for a woman. But I mean, but 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 you know, but what is it about the big? You know, curly. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, uh, so there's even there's even apparently a Twitter account out there, <laughs> Nate's Beard. Anyway. Uh, thanks all, for all of you for watching. And Pascal, thanks a ton for, for coming out. The Alan Dershowitz, who has been pretty amazing. Dershowitz, people don't realize this. I know maybe some of you do. A lot of you probably do. But Dershowitz is a liberal, you know? I mean, he's generally a political liberal, Alan Dershowitz is. This is where, even when I talk to a guy like Pascal and say there's probably a lot we agree on that. that You don't realize because we're too busy like hating Nancy Pelosi or hating Donald Trump or whatever else. There's a lot of people, a lot of issues that we probably more or less agree on that don't get out there. A lot of them have to do with fundamentals, uh, fundamentals of truth, uh, liberty, things like that. I'll just take one example. Criminal justice reform is something that conservatives and liberals tend to generally agree on together Uh, civil rights issues. Freedom issues, even religious liberty issues, although it's interesting how uh, that's the one thing that we as conservatives still have to kind of get over the hump on is the, is the religious liberty aspect of it because I think there are a lot of people who still think it's all about, you know, oh, you're just protecting anti-gay cake makers. It's like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're protecting you. We 're protecting everybody. This is a tough issue, but as as i 've always pointed out to people, uh, freedom is difficult. Liberty is not easy, and the reason why liberty and freedom are difficult and sometimes not easy is because we have to it means we have to put up with a lot of things that we don 't like but that we have to put up with so We have to put up with uh, people who might say or do or whatever, uh, you know, things. But we have to put up with them because that's what liberty is all about. And we we wouldn't want it any other way. You know, I I don't want to see a comedian or a television star who happens to be a liberal. I don't want to see them fired for something they've said. I don't want to see their careers ruined. I'm not saying, and again, I'm not, my career was not ruined, but what I mean, I'm talking about other people like Roseanne or, I mean, you know, I don't want to see people lose their, which is why in the run-up to what happened to me, I had had a track record of defending some of the most detestable actions we've seen in a long time. Kathy Griffin or, Snoop with his toe tag with Trump and, you know, I even defended Maria Chappelle in the Dallas I talked to pa- Pascal about because, I, because I'm more – I'm, I'm not interested in grinding axes with political opponents. I'm, I'm interested in preserving common sense and the truth, and sometimes that means, you know what, you got to put up with somebody holding Donald Trump's head and whatever. You know, It's indecent. But sometimes you just – that's just the way it is. And, and again, the marketplace will decide what's up with that. In my case, the marketplace didn't decide what was up. If, if the marketplace was the determiner of my fate, I would actually have gotten a raise. You realize that, don't you? Like if the marketplace were a true arbiter of the impact of my David Hogg tweet, I actually would have gotten a contract, ex- contract extension and a raise. Which is so interesting about this whole thing is because, you know, they, they have a uh, – my, my advertisers not only were promising to increase the amount of advertising they were doing if Entercom kept me, but other advertisers were wanting to join the show just because Entercom was going to defend me. So I was getting new advertisers in. So if the marketplace – were determining my my fate. And our ratings did not go down or anything else during that time. The 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 fan base and the listenership was stronger than ever. So again, if the marketplace were a decider of Jamie Allman's fate, I would have gotten a raise and I would have gotten a contract extension. And they would have maybe put me on three more hours. Because let me tell you something in the aftermath of them, my firing, they were devastated. That radio station right now is giving away ads just to keep the people there. I know that. They've lost. They haven't made a budget since I left there. Their ratings are horrible. And so, and I don't, I don't. Wish that to be the case because I don't want, I have friends over there. I want people to pros- pr- prosper and, and survive and everything else. I don't want anything bad to happen to people, but that's not my deal right now. But again, everybody's going, yeah, well, the marketplace will decide uh, and the, pub- the court of public opinion. It's like, boy, if that were the case, I'd be, uh, the, the, the 97.1 would be called radio free almond. That that's that that's what's so crazy about this. I hope you Pascal are listening to this too, and everybody else. Because again, I'm, I'm a, if the marketplace were determining my fate, I would have been signed a ten year contract and be making a million dollars there. Because though, the, and those are just the facts. So again, back to this: liberty is difficult. You have to put up with some things you don't like. And yes, the marketplace will decide the fate of people. Sometimes it won't, and it'll just be some jackass named Stacey Newman or somebody else out there who will decide, or David Field, the CEO of Entercom. They're going to be deciding your fate. But generally, the way it's supposed to work is the market will decide it. And like Kathy Griffin, she had a downturn in her career for a while. Now she's back. In fact, I think she's coming to St. Louis like in a few weeks. I would love to have her on the air. I leave her on on the air with me. She's actually a detestable person. Uh, I mean, just personally, she's not a very nice person, and she attacks Baron Trump and that kind of thing. So, gen- the uh, you know, I, it wouldn't be fun, but uh, I wouldn't mind having her on the air just to go back and forth with her. So, to my point, um, oh Pascal, who is Chris Ward? Well, I um, I don't know. Imp- he's with KDHX, and as I pointed out. Uh, You know, more people use the bathroom uh, during some music break I had than listen to KDHX. But this Chris White, I don't even want to give him any. Yeah, any. He's a psycho, and 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 he he didn't like it one time when I called him out on my TV show because he prank called the heat phone, and he's just a guy. He's he's a. I think he does uh, radio over there, and. I, I, I one time saw one of his YouTube videos about me because because I live like rent free in this hipster a-hole's head. I'm like I'm like I'm like basically waking up in the morning and going to bed inside of Chris Ward's head, which is fantastic. But anyway, he did some YouTube videos or something, and and, and he's uh, very insecure. Mommy didn't give a whole lot of attention to to Chrissy. But anyway, he he. I saw the YouTube video, and it was about me. And you know how many you know how many uh, views it had. I think it had two. I'm not I'm not kidding you. I think it had like two or three views. I mean, so anyway, and I'm not a big oh, likes and views guy, but I think that's, that's what what he had. So anyway, I, I, yeah. So Pascal, listen, man. It's interesting. I know you guys are kind of like, you guys were kind of shocked at the, uh, the, 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 criticism or the people who came out and, and, and you probably in your business, uh, you, you don't, you do stuff that is not going to really necessarily put you in a situation where you're going to be criticized and you're going to be attacked, uh, so this is all kind of new to you you and maybe your crew even but I go through this crap we go through this stuff we go through this stuff on a regular basis we're used to this we're kind of we've got hardened shells over this whole thing so we don't worry too much about some guy like that who's doing something or we we don't worry too much about these these small minds and these people cuz we put up with this all the time dude I'm not saying you're naive, but I'm just saying that that in your realm, because you do fun stuff and music and sometimes you do issues and things like that, but generally in your world, you don't have too many people who are going to troll you and attack you and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, You're just not in that realm. So welcome to to our world, I'm just telling you. And and actually, I'm kind of sorry. I hope that you're not getting any – blowback or criticism for having me on or giving me a voice Uh, and you will be, you will get it. I'm sure that you probably had some people uh, and you won't tell me about it because you don't feel it's necessary, but I'm buddy. I'm sure that you had people on your Facebook page who have, who have direct messaged you and, and I don't know how many times you probably heard shame on you yesterday from somebody, right? How many times just, just tell me, Honestly, how many times did you hear shame on you from some of your longtime friends? There might have been even people who unfriended you, my friend. I don't know. Uh, You know, uh, I I don't know. You you might have had people unfriend you. Anyway, I'm sorry for that if it put you in any kind of weird or uncomfortable position. But uh, we all appreciate the fact that you had me on the show. And 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 that you exposed my story and the truth about my story to a different audience out there than before, and so I think for the most part, I hope it's been successful for you. I know for a fact that a lot of people, as a result of you having me on, discovered your show, and so I hope they're giving you some time and everything else. I, I know that's not the reason you did it or whatever, because you're a genuine, truthful person. So, and you and I are friends. So, but but I'm just saying, I hope that the. The benefits to your show, the Pascal Show at ten a.m. on Facebook. I hope the benefits to your show far outweighed any creepers out there or whatever. But I know you were a little shocked by some of the people, uh, you know, commenting. But this is the, this is the world we live in every day, brother. And believe me, it, it's worth every minute of it, and it, it's worth every time. Let me just get, uh, let me get uh, Jimmy Carifano uh, right. Yeah, yes. Here, I, I got to get Jim on here, and then we'll talk more about it. But I honestly hope it. But it was kind of funny to see some of these uh, these people uh, new to the game, so to speak, who are um, who are shocked about all of this. All, all, the, all the hate out there, you know. This happens, though. Probably just, just another day in the life of Radio Free Almond, baby. And, you know, for the most part, we don't have that kind of stuff even on this feed. What happens is you go on this feed, and you start running your fat mouth. You get eaten alive. You get you get you get you get swamped. You get drowned like a rat. Yeah, I don't know what you saw when it happened on, uh, on on the golden oak blending thing. These guys, these guys tried to get out there, and and and, and our people were all up. In there. Oh, come on, Jim! Hold on. Oh, here. I just gave you I just oh here. I just gave you his number. Don't call him. If you don't mind. <laughs> don't tell Jim I did that. God, I'm such an idiot. Lord help me. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not as dumb as Nate's beard, though. That's one thing I can I can I can leave the studio today and and declare without a doubt that I'm not as dumb as Nate's beard. Let me see if I can call him. Let's see if I can give him. A-
1: Jim Carafano.
2: Good morning this morning, Jim Carafano. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you, my friend? I am doing great heading into a Labor Day weekend. Are you traveling or are you staying put for a little while here? I- I am. And where are you traveling to? I am.
3: I am. Uh, I'm going to Croatia. Oh to yeah, a regional security conference. Going will uh, be talking about fake news and Russian meddling and
2: stuff like that. So yeah, it, so you, you like you, you'll be talking about fake news in Croatia, really?
3: Yeah, I mean the, the Europeans face a lot of the the same challenges we do. So you know, on the one hand. Yeah, rushing, meddling, interference. For example, one of the things that the Russians have done consistently over the last years is they fund environmental groups to protest against energy projects that compete with Russian energy projects. Right? So it's nothing to do with you know environmentalism or being green. It has to do with subverting environmental concerns in Europe. To favor Russian energy projects, so they, you know, they have some very strong populist movements in, uh, particularly in parts of Central Europe, and there's demonization, you know, on both sides, um, trying to influence public opinion. Uh, George Soros, who, I mean, a lot of people are very, um, what's the right word? Uh, Critical, suspicious, yeah. A lot of his nonprofit efforts because they're used to drive political agendas. And, you know, Soros is an avowed socialist. He doesn't like conservatives. He he doesn't like democracy. He doesn't like capitalism. And so he spreads money all over Europe, funding think tanks and media groups and other things, you know, kind of putting out the Soros line. So... Many of the same kinds of issues that we face here in the United States, they're they're grappling with here. And on the one hand, you want to you want to recognize these kind of dangerous external influences that are undermining your freedom and democracy, but on the other hand, you don't want to put constraints on public media and individual rights of free speech and freedom of assembly because you, then you're undermining your democratic values. So how do you how do you and it, and balance? I always say when people say we have to balance these things, no. You have to do both right you have to provide for security and protect freedom and individual liberty so that's that's a difficult thing to do um, so it, I think it's good that we have people not just across the European community but across the transatlantic community you know getting together and kind of sharing you know perspectives and reminders on that so
2: yeah interesting because I'm reading a story about China for instance in their efforts to uh, control certain media reports and things like that. And it's not necessarily unlike what we're seeing with Facebook. You know, when Facebook decides that and – and and by the way, I, I am on Facebook, and I have been on Facebook since the in, uh, inception of Radio Free Almond, and the only time facebook ever messes with me is when i'm playing music that is licensed or whatever and they'll pull me off mm-hmm. or do whatever right. but generally i i operate without anybody bothering me at all from facebook but i did i did i am suspicious of these uh when Facebook announces that it's going to have a team of people determining, you know, fact checking or, or or having truth warnings attached to uh, certain stories and things like that. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's kind of weird. And then I see China. I'm not, I'm not quite sure this is is too far off from what we're seeing here uh, as China has a mobile app now that lets the public report online rumors and apparently they're even using artificial intelligence to identify reports that are false so under the pretense it seems of and and, and any, any government can do this really under the pretense of trying to you know fact find and find the truth uh actually what they they they, they it's an easy way for them under cover basically of this to try to uh, stamp out dissent and things like that
3: right well wow. so many things done back there yeah for, right first of all the so Chinese are the world gold standard in online authoritarianism. I mean they have figured out how to take every bit of digital information that exists and use it to control and manipulate and police their own people. And and they export that. I mean it's one of their biggest exports. It's hey, you're a you're a, a thug. You want to control your people? No problem. We've got the tools for you. So where we had in the Cold War radio fear, Europe spreading the ideas about democracy and freedom, the Chinese are basically exporting all their technologies for people to control their own societies. Really scary. Um, Then there's the more subtle types of Chinese influence. And and we've seen some articles about this recently where – they spread money around, and they do it here in the United States. And and people say, "Oh, well, the Chinese give us money, but there are no strings attached." Well, I mean, they don't tell us what to do. Yeah, but you like the Chinese money, and you may not, uh, uh you know, repeat Chinese talking points, but you're going to be a little reticent about attacking Chinese policies. Or even say, oh, well, you know, let's look at the Chinese side of this. And the Chinese know that. They, 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 and So buying that subtle and pervasively undercutting influence is is very, very dangerous. So there's a lot of that going on. And um, I'm of two minds on this Facebook uh, um, sort of thing. On the one hand um, – uh, I'm very concerned about regulation because do we, do we really want the U S government, you know, dictating to these, you know, networks how to work and deciding who who is hate speech and who is not. That yeah.
2: Way? Right.
3: On the other hand, um, do we, do we want Facebook and, and Twitter and these other guys doing it either? Because, you know, quite honestly, they have biases and, and, and their own issues and, and I'm not, I'm not so sure I, I, I like their censorship either. But I would also say these are, these are privately funded commercial services. And I'm not sure I'm happy with, with governments dictating to private commercial firms how to run their businesses. And, and part of me is, is you don't like how Twitter handles your stuff? Go, go do your social networking somewhere else, um, and and my thing is, you know, if if Twitter is censoring everything else and people don't like the product or the service, they'll just vote with their feet and go 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 to another network. Right. So I I I'm in the more of the mind of let you know, kind of let the free market sort this thing out rather than heavy government intervention. And I, I what I would like the companies to do is be look. You do whatever you damn well please. It's your freaking company. But be transparent in what you do so consumers can look at what you're doing and decide if they like it or not, and then they can vote with their feet as customers or vote with their feet as shareholders. I think that's kind of where I am.
2: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you you bring that up and and, and now I'm going to throw the lot to unpack there to you because this has been kind of an ongoing discussion. It's a little more prominent even now as the president has kind of gone after Google for how it is operating its business and sometimes it is telegraphing the possibility of some kind of antitrust action on the part of the government. Now, uh, it's not Beyond the realm of comprehension, uh, that our government uh, and it's one of the regulating commerce is one of the enumerated uh, right. powers, and, and it and it's happened before, especially in the industrial revolution uh, when when the government moved in and and acted in uh, to to bust up monopolies and that kind of thing. Right. But but you, I think to your point, we can talk about that because right now, Google or Facebook or Twitter, those those people have generally a monopoly but i'm not quite sure you could you could prove that they have a non- monopoly because they've managed to utilize uh, unfair practices to keep competition away i mean uh, yes they've been very successful but that doesn't right. make them a monopoly uh, any more than it makes radio free alman a monopoly because more people listen to me than other people do uh than than, than other conservative morning shows here so I do. I'm with you on that cautionary element there, and and sometimes it's just a matter of discerning, you know, what's a monopoly, what's a true monopoly, and 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 what's just a a successful uh, company. You know what I mean? You okay there? Yeah, no good. Yeah, the, the, I say the question is really discerning, like what's a monopoly, and and the difference between a monopoly and just a successful company. I'm not quite sure right. we've proven that, like Google and these other guys are actual monopolies. Like for instance, and I'm with you too, Facebook. I don't. I'm not owed a platform on Facebook, uh, and I'm not right. owed a platform on Twitter or anything else. Uh, but it's when when you get into the weeds about it and you wonder, okay, so are they utilizing? Certain business practices or certain things that are that are available to them to crush the competition that 's another story so i don 't know it's a tough issue for sure
3: no I, I i think I think the way you framed it you know is exact google 's a great example look you' going after Google in any trust action I think would be totally inappropriate people don 't use Bing because Bing sucks right I mean, I mean they, there are people have to, people can use other search engines we all use Google because we just prefer it for whatever reason. And that's that's our choice as consumers. And 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 part of me then says, you know what, if you, you want to do social monitoring, everything else and ban stuff and everything, fine. You do that. Just be transparent about it and tell people what you're doing. Um and then and like and then consumers can decide I don't want to do that. I, I look there are there are many social platforms out there where you can get out there and 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 make your argument on stuff. And if you have something that people want to hear, um, and people want to find you, that will happen on the internet. I mean, in in our society, because it's I think sufficiently free and open. And and, you know, and people will 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 challenge these other companies. And when when they, you know, their their great value is market share, right? Because they reach a lot of people. I think, in the end of the day, that's the thing that they if you're, that's the thing that they have to protect so i'm not I'm not really too worried about these companies going to screwball because if they do they're they're going to vanish overnight
1: yeah,
2: right and and lucky you going to Croatia right now i mean i I think we've kind of talked about this before, but apparently that is one heck of a beautiful place.
3: It is. Um, especially it's called the Dalmatian coast. The, the, the seaside down there is really, it's a great country, terrific people, uh, apparently excellent soccer players. Um, and you know, right in the heart of I think the most dynamic part of, of Western Europe, this kind of North South corridor, um, I think that's where all the real dynamism and the, the and the future of Europe really is. So it, it is, it, it's, and people and love, people love Americans. It's, you go there and, um, you know, they're, we're just kind of their best friends. So it's, yeah. uh, it is pretty neat. No, and, 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 and like we've talked about before, you, you know, you can't talk about the world unless you go out and talk to the world. I mean, if you're not going to places and talking to the people that live there, you know, shame on you to be sitting here and dictating how, what they think about us or what we think about them. Or, I mean, so I, I, I do think it's important. It's not fun. I mean, you know, it, it, everybody goes, oh, my God, this is so exciting. Okay, that's because you're getting on a plane and you're flying to Hawaii and you're going to spend two weeks on the beach, right? But when you're doing this kind of all the time, getting on planes and flying around the world and stuff, it's not <laughs> exciting.
2: Yeah, I all. know. I know. Pe- people people, might think that this is, you know, uh, just all, you know, you, uh, you know, uh, where's Waldo, Jim Carafano, just yeah. kind of running around the, Running around the world, just enjoying himself. But I mean, I know it's a little. It's, it can be enjoyable though, and especially, you know, when you are educating people and and you, you know, know doing this kind of uh, stuff. The
3: the part that that is a lot of is actually meeting people and talk, even people you disagree with, and but they're just you know interesting and fascinating, and um, you know, you meet an entrepreneur from Lebanon, and and you know, it's just. It's Virgin That's the part that's awesome. I mean, yeah. you, you know, the funny thing is, and, you know, I've been all over the world. There's almost no place in the world you can go and you can't find something kind of like that in the United States, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want, you know, I, I go and you see, you know, beautiful, but I, you know, we have the Rockies and the Grand Canyons and beautiful coastline and, you know, kind of really, uh, you know, neat places like New Orleans. We have all that stuff here. I mean, you can you can have a. I mean, you don't have to go around the world to see awesome things and have awesome experiences. Yeah, but there are. I mean, I'm, the, the, there are. I mean, there are cool places. Yeah, I mean, and cool things. But honestly, there's a reason why everybody wants to move here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I. Yeah. And even even though we don't have uh, a, a, enough roundabouts in this country. Uh, people still do want to come here. That's for sure. Boy, I'll tell you what—I'm sold on the roundabout, buddy. I—I I don't know how well it works in DC, but—but—but oh. but, but I'll tell you, in Italy, it—it it keeps keeps just everybody moving, and it's a—it's a wonderful creation. The roundabout.
3: We we have some of those things here. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like uh, yeah, especially along Massachusetts Avenue. Right. You know, and then and 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 it's good that we do because you know everybody you know wants a statue, and so when you have one of those circles, it's
1: just <laughs> right.
0: like
3: a, an easy place to stick a statue. Yeah, and then, it, and then you can just cool the call the 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 circle after the statue. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So so,
3: so, it, so it all works out well.
2: Yeah, it does, and 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 but but in Italy, for instance, having been back there, where I saw a lot of them, and I have seen them also in uh, in in. Uh, here, uh, but but in D.C., I think they work well. And Massachusetts Avenue is one of the easiest uh, roads to traverse in D.C. Thanks to the fact that there are just aren't a ton of stoplights. It's just the way it goes. Speaking of statues, really quickly here, because I know you, I know you're on uh, limited time here. You realize we have. Another budding statue controversy here in St. Louis. I don't know whether it's just that it's it's kind of like these things where I I tweeted out last night. I said, "Okay, so now the activists in the media are going to make St. Louisans fight with each other again over statues because generally we just generally normal average everyday St. Louisans, for instance, and I'll just pick St. Louisans, uh, just don't care." About statues, they don't care about a Confederate statue being someplace. Especially black people in St. Louis don't care about it, and and so it becomes one of these controversies that really is kind of a champagne problem, and and the media loves to eat eat it up, and people love to fight over it. So now we have a situation where uh, there's a Christopher Columbus monument that is in the crosshairs now. And what this is pitting now is now we have a bunch of people, for instance, on the Hill here where I am, which is uh, predominantly Italian uh, and right. a- Italian ancestors, everything else, right. um, who are going to have to now fight the Black Lives Matter group over pulling down a Christopher Columbus statue. And it's just like, I, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, my, it reminds me of Animal Farm, right? The yeah. George Orwell yeah. parable right? It's, you know, all animals are equal. Some are more equal than others. And it's, where, where does it stop? Right? Look, I, I'm all for debating history and I'm all for alternative things, but what, what makes no sense is to kind of erase history, right? Could you imagine if they just plowed Auschwitz under and there, and there would be nothing there, right? I mean, uh, so I, you know, I was in a little town in Marshall, Virginia, and just walking around the corner, and there's a little tiny stone there that says, this commemorates the point where Mosby's Rangers disbanded in 18-whatever. So, you know, Mosby was, he was a terrorist, you know. He was a guerrilla fighter. What he was doing is completely beyond the bounds of the law. Half those guys were criminals, right? I mean, if there's a, probably a, a despicable—I I don't want to associate my name with a Confederate guy. It's probably Mosby, but okay— you know, somebody at some time thought it'd be good to mark that spot. What's, what's the, is, what's the big, and you know, what's the big deal? I, yeah. I, I just think it's completely, because you know, that then we're going to be going after Columbus Circle and speaking of circles in New York City. And then we're going to be, a, we're going to be renaming Washington, D.C. because Washington knows slaves, right? I mean, you know, where does it end?
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, they want to,
3: yeah. they want to rename the Russell building the McCain building because Russell was a well Russell was a segregationist. You know well yeah, I think people knew that when they named the building after him.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm
3: I'm fine I'm fine with renaming the building. I, I I never heard of the guy. You know and and I don't care, but and if they want to rename it for McCain, that's fine, but to say well we have to rename it because he was a segregationist. That's not a reason to rename the building. That I mean <laughs> you So I this this whitewashing of history i, I just think is wrong it, it, i i you know if it was a statue of adolf hitler I, I you know i would say you know what somebody put it there for a reason and you know and you can put context to that and say this reminds us of a bad thing as much as and that's fine but just taking it and whitewashing is wrong and the other thing and i think you said this really really well is at the end of the day these are communities that belong to the people that live in that community. And, and I, and I think it's really up to them. If they don't want a high school named after a Confederate general, it's their freaking high school, you know, change it. whatever yeah. how. And, but for, for people outside to come in and dictate how communities should live and what appropriate names and streets are. I, I think that's wrong. Look, we all know that a lot of the Confederate naming that happened was, you know, kind of a, a reaction to um reconstruction and the south trying you know a lot of trying to reclaim their own thing and 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 and, and reclaim some honor and legacy. So they, they did a bunch of things. And okay, we understand that. Um you know what? The the unions survived, right? We're we're coming up on the seventy um, third anniversary of uh VJ Day, the signing of the surrender of Missouri at Pearl Harbor, which I think is like September second. If Japan had all they'd ever done was obsessed about their loss in the war, and they never moved on, right? Japan would be a, a, an angry little suburb of Beijing today, right? You know, instead it is a free and prosperous and democratic country because there's a difference between remembering your history and studying your history and being trapped by your history. And the problem, I think, with, with these these Is that somehow they think they can go back and and rewrite history and erase all the evils by by purging all this, as opposed to just acknowledging that it existed and move on. If you're concerned about racism and bigotry and everything else, rather than tearing down the Statue of Columbus, work in your community to eliminate racism and bigotry and everything else. It's kind of that simple.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's, and that's true. And, and, you know, if you're going to be re- like the Russell building, everything else, if you're going to go ahead and then at that point re, rename things and do all that kind of stuff, uh, then you have to also rename, you know, the, the Robert Byrd interstate highway there in West Virginia, 68 there Uh, just because Robert Byrne was at one point, a grand wizard in the KKK or something. I mean, it's true. You could go, you could go everywhere and just start to check off ways that you could try to erase things that remind people of bad things. And I I think you're right on. Well, uh, Jim Carafano, safe travels to you, my friend Uh, have fun. And, uh, and I I appreciate you joining me now today.
3: All right, hope you can talk next
2: week. All right, brother. Take care. Right. Jim Carifano, heritage.org uh, is where you could uh, you could find uh, Jimmy there. So
1: When approaching an airport for landing instructions, a pilot must call before he enters the airport control zone. As a matter of fact, the initial call should be made at least 10 miles from the
2: airport. Yeah, live from the Discovery Design Studios DiscoveryDesignInc.com I hope all of you are planning on supporting my trusty advertisers as we head into the weekend I don't know Are you going to give Matthew Mitchell the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency a call? Can you? 855-QUOTE-B, me, is Eight five five, quote me for all your auto, home, and life needs. they going to have Matthew in tomorrow. Maybe in the show tomorrow. I, I actually we had an off chance that we were going to be in today, and then I we just lost track of each other yesterday. But Matthew in. Santino cigars and cocktails, baby. Vogel Road, right there in beautiful Arnold. Check that out. Mike and Shannon done a great job down there. It's a ton of fun. They have your bottle, as they say. I, I went out and bought some of that Monkey 47 gin that I had down there a while back. That's some good stuff. This Monkey 47, it comes in like a smaller bottle. It's really kind of actually pretty pricey, so I'm not going to go to that well too often, but it's a German gin made up of 47 different botanicals from India. (laughs) There's a lot going on with this gin. It's pretty darn good, though. It's very fragrant. Monkey 47. Oh, and he's got great whiskeys down there, and we're going to have our... Radio Free Almond Happy Hour down there On the 27th of September And so I hope you all can uh, hang out there And come out there We're going to have the The uh, Radio Free Almond Cigars You know the rapper is going to have The Radio Free Almond logo on it Thanks to uh, Mike So the 27th The County Brown Barbecue guys are going to be out there too So Uh, We're going to have some food out there for you as well. So we're putting that together. It's 27th of September. Was that a Thursday? It's a Thursday. Don't forget about Dr. Naputi. Naputi's there. Hey, Dr. Naputi, I was supposed to actually go in and see him yesterday again for follow-up. And I didn't do it. And I should have, but I didn't. See, you know what? That's the thing about being a doctor. It's so frustrating about patients. Is you, is you have to have patients have to be cooperative and I went in there last week and got my shoulder thing taken care of for a little bit but it takes a while to, to take care of these kinds of things so you got to go back for another and of course I didn't go back yesterday I'll go back today I think maybe too busy but I'm, I'm trying to be a cooperative patient Dr. DiPudi I was out at the Chesterfield location. Lots of nice people out there. First time I've ever been out there. And it's great. He's got his office down there in South County as well. Naputi Wellness, niputiwellness.com. And he's going to start his show pretty soon here too. Wellness Matters from his brand new studio, his cool studios. So, great there. Matt's singing the praises of County Brown Barbecue. It actually really is good. Brett, thanks so much, Steinoff. It's uh, beautiful stuff. I don't know whether you've been. I, I, I actually haven't talked to Mike about you guys being down there, but I know you've been down there. So let him know you're coming. <laughs> I'll talk to him, too. I'll talk to him as well. Again, thank you all for coming out to, uh, to check out On the Web. My interview with Pascal on the Pascal Show. You all were great. Thank you so much for your support, and boy, I'll tell you what—the the trolls don't last long around all of you. Wow. I'm looking at the situation when we had the uh, oh yeah Ben uh, the idea I turned you on to the Yippee Kaye whiskey the the uh, beautiful stuff, the High West Yippee Kaye. It's good stuff, brother good stuff so yeah I remember the remember the gold Oak thing they should have learned their lesson with that thing they uh, yes yeah, Scott you know Pascal's sidekicks are cool they're very nice people you know I don't even know what their politics are really necessarily but uh, and I don't care and they didn't care about mine we got we got our pictures taken afterwards and you know did selfies with each other and stuff it was just a one nice good happy family over there. And it's funny because they were all kind of really a little freaked out at the the trolls that appeared on the sh- on the feed, and how angry they were. Because you know there were there was a there was a session called the Burning Question, and 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 that would be the time if you're a troll or you hate Jamie Allman to ask a burning question you know right would that be the time you do that but nobody had any questions you just, just decided to run out there and then you guys just chewed him up and spit their bones out quickly including Nate's beard he made a and, and then I'll get on to something else I know I've talked about this before but I want to go back to it really quickly because it's kind of prime time now Nate's beard wet and made a Facebook post that that this is a horrible version of Dream Machine. I'm getting that out of there, idiots. Not everything is a good mix, by the way, people. Just because you have like a a computer, not everything is a good mix. Anyway. He goes out there and he does a Facebook page, an entire Facebook page, basically accusing me of inventing Margaret Sharp. (laughs) That that Margaret Sharp was actually a fake person. It was really me. And you know what his big tip-off was? My, My logo. Oh! He made a really big... He made a big mistake by... All right, enough of this. Dream Machine's such a good song. All these different people do these different versions of it. It's like, please, people, you ruin the song. Your DJ mixes. Stop it. So anyway, no. Uh, Nate's beard's big tip-off was <gasps> the logo. Ah. Uh, Almond didn't? Did they kick me off of Facebook over this? Holy crap! Really? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even hardly have it on very long. I, I don't know. It literally
0: just dropped as soon as you looked over. My way from
2: 80 to 80. Oh darn! All right. I didn't even. I didn't even think they were gonna. I didn't even think they were gonna. They were gonna do that. I hardly had. any. I didn't even do use much of it. I didn't even let it really play all that long. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm I don't know why. We're gonna have to get back on Facebook here, folks, and then I'll I'll uh I'll return darn it. Didn't even I you know, I didn't even uh I didn't even think I was playing it that long. I wonder w cause the other times that I've talked over music, it uh it it is I get past it. I, I they don't do that to me. And I was thought I was talking over the music good enough, but yeah yeah i mean I was switching it and doing all that kind of stuff i don't know i don't know how I wound up actually getting into a situation where i uh where I wound up doing that it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me how that happened you know, sorry guys i mean i i'm, I'm hoping uh I'll, I'll wait until a lot of you come back. I know a lot of you are on the stream right now uh and, and so i'm gonna i'm gonna let this let, let the uh, facebook uh populate a little more before I continue on with my um my description of of all that happened. I'm gonna put you guys on there on the uh, and get you up there on the uh, on the feed more. Sorry about that. That's the problem. And then and then people leave and then they then they they they're not able to come back. But I'm just gonna watch watch the ticker go up. Are you guys on the stream? I'm sorry if this is very good radio for you, but uh, I'll get people up there back on on the uh, stream uh, back on the Facebook page so I can start talking to you about what happened yesterday. and Then I'll move on. So yeah, so so we had this thing where the the uh, uh, Nate's beard decides she's going to have this big Facebook post, and and by the way, thank you guys so much for your support of. Uh, yes, Scott, right? There were like twenty people on the Pascal show with the almond logos on it. This must be driving. This must be driving the trolls crazy. They they, they can't survive very long. It's like they, they just get they they get drown like rats the minute they they appear from by you guys. It's it's just fantastic. But anyway, Pascal's show was uh you know he was he was uh they were amazed that they had like thirty views on the show or thirty five or whatever. And it's actually pretty good for ten AM. But we routinely up here on the Allman Show, uh, Radio Free Allman, we're getting eighty eighty five. And so I hope that ultimately uh a, a lot of that's just because uh people don't know where Pascal is and that he'll be uh, able to uh and that and that he'll be able to at that point um Benefit from the fact that he had me on. I think he already has. A lot of people do know now uh, where he is. So I'm I'm really glad about that, and 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 good for uh, good for Pascal. And thank you for letting me tell my story. Anyway, so Beard goes on on his Facebook page and decides that he's going to he's he's uncovered another Jamie Allman scandal, and he says, uh, "Yeah, the big tip off is see Jamie Allman made a big mistake." Is that he invented Margaret Sharp, but used his logo. So Columbo figured that one out, right? Yeah, he's using his, he's really a fake account because he, and he, and he forgot to put a different picture in the, in the logo. And, and he says, and, and it's designed to, to, uh, to refute all the trolls and get on there. And the other thing he did that he made a big mistake is, is, is he said hello to his listeners on the Facebook page. That was a dead giveaway that actually was, it was almond's fake account. And, uh, and, and it's like, okay, so Nate's beard, what are you thinking of again? So you think that while I'm on Pascal's show, I'm actually on Facebook too. And I'm, typing messages out with my fake margaret sharp account right is that what you're thinking here it was really funny and then you guys and, and then then i put on my facebook page his little scrolling of all that what he said then i put margaret sharp's picture next to it and it wasn't long before nate's beard uh took his post down and and uh and that was that was pretty much it so yeah, so I was up. To, I was up to like when we when we went down with the, uh, with the uh, dream machine thing. I was uh, I was at upwards of eighty eighty five uh, people looking at the show right now. But anyway, that's the that's the way it goes. So uh, anyway, Pascal, thanks for having me on, and really appreciate all uh, you did for me to be able to get the truth out there and, and, and tell the truth about uh, what really was going on. All right, so on to this story about the the Christopher Columbus statue. And 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 as as Jim Carafano pointed out, this really is a Orwellian type of situation we're in, where it looks like the enemy media and certain activists have decided it's going to be a good idea to spend autumn making a big ass deal about a Christopher Columbus statue, which Vicky told me last night. Uh, Vicky said last night the Christopher Columbus statue was vandalized. The, it's, uh, the Tower Grove Park people have announced they're going to form a commission. to. Stu- I'm reading off here off of Fox News site. Uh, a commission to study the presence of a statue of explorer Christopher Columbus the uh, commission is going to issue long-term recommendations to the parks board of commissioners and the effort is to and listen to this the way it's put the effort is to continue to enforce tower groves efforts to, to, actually this is this is this is not a sentence chittle too just let, you know the, the diversity and respectful to all I don't know and this is uh this is the executive director of Tower Grove Park. As the lens of history changes and things of historic nature are looked at differently than what they are today, some difficult conversation needs to be had. Well, so you know what that means, right? They're going to get rid of it. We have to have a difficult conversation here. Get rid of the statue. Wait a minute, that's not a conversation. Oh, uh, I'm I'm sorry. What I meant was we're getting rid of the statue, and we're just going to claim that it's a difficult conversation we're having. And of course, that doesn't stop the activists. Like who who cares about this statue other than the people, uh, like the Italians who put it there? Are are the Italian immigrants right? Hey, aren't these aren't these the immigrants you all love there on the left? Right? You talk about it all the time that the uh, illegal immigrants are no different than the legal immigrants, like the Italians who came over here. You, I thought you liked immigrants. I, I, I that's what I thought at least. And now they want to take the statue down, and, and it's the same people who wanted the Confederate. Monument in Forest Park down. It's the same kind of people there. And so now what we're going to have is this very uncomfortable situation where it looks like we're going to have a group of individuals, like, for instance, our uh, our descendants of the Italians who put it there and people from the Hill being pitted against these activist individuals, and, and that's not going to go well. What's the use of – why are we doing this? Like who's really complaining about the Christopher Columbus statue? So this guy, Chris Singer, who's the organizer, he said the fact that people want to remove the Confederate statue because they're tied to its history, that has major implications. The same thing is true with this Columbus statue. So now they're going to have they're going to have a they're going to have events scheduled for October, and a thousand people are interested in attending the event. It glor- Chris Singer has decided that it glorifies a moment in our history that's not worth glorifying. Since when does Chris Singer? Don't tell me he's got a beard. So when does when does Chris Singer and his beard? Since when are they the arbiters of what's important in history and what's not? I mean, honestly, this is the problem with a lot of these left-wing hipsters out there who have, have been told their entire lives by mommy and daddy how special they are and how special their opinion is, that they've decided now to transfer that to telling us what's meaningful history and what isn't. What's worthy history and what it? These people are a bunch of fascist pigs. They're no better than the Nazis who destroyed ancient art. They're no better than Mussolini who tried to pave the Roman, Roman ruins. They're no better than the terrorists over in the Middle East who are destroying Christian symbols and ancient Symbols that, that – like in Iraq, for instance, the terrorists were running around and destroying ancient villages because what they want to do – because what, when, when the left wing and the fascists erase history, you know what the motivation is there, right? The motivation in erasing history is so you can create your own history. When you can remove historical monuments or recognition of historical events, then you can begin to create your own history and your own historical events. That was the purpose of the likes of Hitler, of Mussolini, and of the Al-Qaeda and ISIS terrorists. They want to erase all history so they could create their own. It's on through history that's been the motivation of individuals and so chris singer and his beard has decided that this this is that 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 uh, the this moment in history is not worth glorifying so they're going to bring this thing down and you know what the chances are who's nobody's going to wait for this commission to render its verdict are they now they didn't already. They've already went out and vandalized the statue. The statue was vandalized last night by these people. And when a 1,000 people attend the event calling for the removal of the statue, what do you think is going to happen to the statue? Now, the Columbus statue has been vandalized in the past, but this time uh, it's, it's been vandalized once again and this the Col- Christopher Columbus statue was put up there by italian immigrants who were proud of Christopher Columbus we have we actually there's a there's a day in the united states called columbus day it, it's not really uh celebrated necessarily but there is a uh, there is a columbus day hey by the way folks on facebook can you tell me are aren't our are banks closed on columbus day or is Col- columbus day a a a a day that is uh, do uh, kids go to school on Columbus Day i think don't they i don't know here uh Columbus Day yeah but they're going to be there in october and my 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 sense is uh let's see uh, when is Columbus Day oh uh-oh uh-oh Columbus Day is the 8th of october so let me check and see when Chris Singer and all his bearded friends are gonna are gonna be there. When's the event? Oh. When do you think the Columbus Statue Removal Ceremony is taking place? What what day do you think the Columbus statue removal ceremony is gonna take place? And by the way, why are they calling it a Columbus statue removal ceremony when we just saw on the news that they commission is considering what to do with it? Yeah. Anyway, it's on Columbus Day. Yep, yep, yep. It's on uh, Columbus Day. And, 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 it, but it's called a Columbus statue removal ceremony. What does that mean? Because it hasn't been decided yet by this commission or anybody else or by the Tower Grove Park people uh, that the statue is to come down. It hasn't been decided. I just saw on Fox 2's website that they are they're, they're considering removing it, but it has, it's, it's not a done deal. So, so why is this event being called a, a, Christa, a, a Tower Grove Park Columbus statue removal ceremony? Christopher Columbus, a monstrous human that much of this country continues to celebrate and glorify, has a nine-foot statue dedicated to him in Tower Grove Park. We think it's long past time this statue was dealt with permanently. We invite you to give ideas on how it should be dealt with, what it could be replaced with and how we plan to celebrate its removal slash destruction. And there are a lot of people who uh, bravely are going on the Facebook page, the Tower Grove Facebook page, and saying, you people are idiots. This is ridiculous. Removing statues have stood for 100 years, give or take, how use just seems like a waste of time and, and again if we have it's amazing these hipsters all have this much time on their hands to to uh This much time on their hands to busy themselves with stuff like this, with a statue in Tower Grove Park that really uh, the very few people would pay attention to anyway. But it was put there by Italian immigrants who are very proud of Christopher Columbus. And so this is another example where these people just have a lot of time on their hands. They must be living really easy because this is where they're turning their attention. And, and, and really the other problem here is that once again, as, as Jim Carafano pointed out, that we enter in these, into these Orwellian worlds where we're just pitting people against each other for really no reason. And, and, and that's the world we're living in. We now have – like you and I and, and most of the people out there, how often have you actually really been occupying your mind with a Christopher Columbus statue? I mean do you really have to have something in you at this point to really uh decide you're going to really seek out the uh, a statue to remove and to and to hyperventilate about And you know what there were a lot of people by the way we talk about the, the people mean to native americans there were people like that. In fact, when we had Lacey in here from hauntedstl.com and Mama K in here, they were talking about how uh, there were, uh, you know, Lewis and Clark and these guys weren't so weren't so nice to Native Americans either. And and, and it, so it was it was if you want to start going down a list, you're going to you're going to have a pretty big list. I'm not quite sure that our well, I'm pretty sure of it, but our treatment of Native Americans is not something that I think this country should be proud of and is proud of, that's for sure. But again, the statue removal thing, let's put it this way. It's, it's not Chris Singer's business to tell us what should and should not be important historical monuments or memories, and yet we're somewhere along the line we've created an entire generation of individuals who have decided and taken upon themselves that, that they are going to tell us what shall be important to us. Now, again, I also agree that, listen, if, if, if a community decides that something is no longer tolerable or whatever, that's fine. I think, I think it is a community's prerogative. But unless you are a Tower Grove resident or or uh, whatever, you it's none of your damn business what's in Tower Grove Park. Now, keep in mind, I know the argument will be made, that, oh, well, uh, you know, the the Tower Grove Park, like all the other parks, there is uh, St. Louis tax dollars that are used to maintain the park. And so they'll... Claim that it's a it's a citywide issue at that point, and, and then you're off to the races. But it's interesting though, just on its face, how when I when I look at the news reports are saying this commission is looking into what to do with the statue, and then I'm seeing a, an October eighth event scheduled at Tower Grove by the by the hipster crews, the left wingers, that says that calls it a Tower Grove Park Columbus statue removal ceremony. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay. So it appears that you guys have already decided uh, what's going to be happening with this statue I see. Uh, okay, uh, now I get it. Here we go. We're back to this whole John McCain funeral story again. And this is I, – I opened up the news block today and the show today. And I was nothing short of shocked that the McCain family has refused to invite Sarah Palin to his funeral. They've they've decided that Sarah Palin is just not good enough to go uh, to, uh, to, to John McCain's funeral. So I'm going to hit that just a little bit here and also follow up on the CNN debacle. They just continue to dig in on this, baby, and won't budge. We are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Don't forget tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the regular appearance begins of Kim Paris. She's going to be on with us as well. We're going to have uh, maybe Gia in with her for a little while, too. I'm to see these two hang out together. Thank you, by the way, to Golden Oak Lending. I hope you all can go online and thank them for their support of the Radio Free Almond Show. they got the lowest rates you're going to find anywhere in the land, goldenoak.com. And by the way, too, you realize you've heard a lot of the national companies out there, the national lenders out there, and there are two really huge national lenders out there and when it comes to lenders in general, Golden Oak remains the third largest refire mortgage lender in the country behind the two nationwide guys. And Golden Oak is right here in St. Louis. And so you're getting the benefit of actually having a, a local person. You're actually talking to somebody who knows the community Who knows your neighborhood, knows where you are. So when you're talking about refiing or buying a home and everything else, they know the place backwards and forwards. They, They know the pricing, the comps. They know all that kind of stuff. And so you're getting these nationally acclaimed lenders, but they're right here in St. Louis and accessible to you right in front of your very eyes. That's the cool thing about Golden Oak Lending. So tell them thank you. That's a great example, too, like what happened with Pascal yesterday. These uh, hipsters who try to derail the Radio Free Almond Nation, they, are, they, don't, they don't last very long around all of you. And thank you so much for coming out and forced yesterday on the Pascal show. There were just a couple there causing issues, and you shut them up pretty fast. Same thing with the Gold Dope. The Gold Oak people were very impressed with all of you when these guys tried to make some big deal out of it with the tweet and were summarily just run out of town. It was uh, it was really impressive, folks. So thanks for a lot for doing that and uh, and uh, and even to the point where uh, you guys had you guys made Nate's beard take down his uh, take down his dumb post about Margaret Sharp. So uh, good for all of you. Speaking of my Facebook page, Mama K, thanks a ton. Yesterday, last night, I made I, I made a dinner with uh, one of your delicious tomatoes that you grew. Mama K brought those tomatoes in when I had the Haunted STL folks in, hauntedstl.com. And Mama K gave me some, uh, what do you call it, the, the potatoes, the t- tomatoes in the jar. What are those? Anyway. Just a minced potato tomatoes or something like that. Anyway, I cut up one of the beautiful tomatoes last night. And I hope, because I a lot of you, whenever I talk about white anchovies with you people, some of you, you get all crazy about that. You think that's disgusting. Well, let me tell you something about white anchovies, people. White anchovies are good for you. They will oh, stew tomatoes. Thank you, Linda. I'm like, I don't know what is wrong with me. You know why it is? I, I got this energy drink that I tried. I don't know why it is that I try new things. But there I did. Tried, 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 I tried this y Yints xy energy, mango guava. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why did I do this? So I bought this energy drink. Apparently, it's some kind of natural energy drink or something. No calories and no sugar. And I'm thinking, all right, I'll get this. I'll just try it. I don't even know what the hell's in it. So I try it. And I feel like I'm I'm I feel like I'm drinking, you know, a baby aspirin. It's disgusting. you're like almond, oh, you're drinking it anyway. I know. It's the only energy I have. I I have no coffee. Uh, my monster's gone and I decided I was going to take a risk and just try this energy drink, and it's all I have. And so therefore, my synapses aren't going very well. Uh, I, I did, I even I even this morning, uh, when I bought my sublingual vitamin B12, somewhere on the line, I, I bought two, and, I, and the one behind it wasn't sublingual. And I chose the one behind it to, to eat this morning, and I wound up putting about, a dozen uh pills in my mouth that weren't designed to be chewed and i started chewing on them and i couldn't breathe and and in my mouth like i was eating chalk and i discovered that i i i got the wrong bottle so anyway things have been so that's why i i can't, that's why i'm calling a tomato a potato and i can't i can't recall what a stewed tomato is crazy but i will tell you one thing i might be stupid but i'm gonna live longer because i eat i eat white anchovies i buy these white anchovies they're from spain they're not very expensive even though they're from spain white anchovies are different than other anchovies the white anchovies are not the white anchovies are not the anchovies you get from the can and you put on a pizza, although I've made pizza with the white anchovies. They're different. The white anchovies are different. They're, they're not the real heavy salted anchovies. They're not the anchovies that you think they are. And, and those red anchovies soaked in that salt has given, uh, given anchovies a bad name. But these white anchovies, man, they are Delicious. I had I over in Italy it was awesome because I'd go to went to one of these places and and I uh and and uh I, I would just ask them because they had white anchovies all over the joint over there. And I'd get like a little uh a little plastic, you know, container of them and just eat them right there on the street. There I was. So anyway, I did the I did the Mama K tomato last night. i cut up the tomato. And then I put the uh, white, white anchovies all over the tomatoes. And then I sprinkled a little herbs from Provence on there. Normally I'm a little better. I probably could, I would have gotten some basil, but I forgot to get it. So I just put some herbs from Provence on there and then ate it. And, boy, those homegrown tomatoes, Mama K, delicious. Thank you so much. But, again, people, I encourage you to eat white anchovies. They're really good for you. Uh, they're also uh, smaller fish, right? Sometimes you can even get the the anchovies whole, but then, then that's a lot of work. You got to clean them and everything else. The anchovies whole, but you uh, you, you get those, and, and and they're smaller fish because uh, one of the problems with eating bigger fish is that they have they live they're they're obviously bigger and they ingest more. And therefore, sometimes they could, they, you have more mercury and all other toxins in there. The smaller fish are better. So the white anchovy, I encourage you to grab it. Don't grab, don't grab the ones I'm gonna, I need to go out and get. Don't take mine. But get yours somehow. But they're delicious anyway. So Mama K, thanks for the beautiful, gorgeous, red, homegrown garden tomatoes. They were delicious. I, put, I, I took pictures of it. So I'm going to put the pictures up on the Facebook page as soon as I get off the air here, and I'll put them up on the Facebook page, and you can check that out. All right. In the meantime, I I don't want to make you angry, but I feel like I'm going to. And, and, And if you're a fan of John McCain, I'm going to make you angry too because I'm going to declare right now this. I'm tired of John McCain. Are you tired of John McCain yet? Because I am. In fact, I'm kind of sick of John McCain. And, and we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four more days of this stuff. And, and probably more afterwards because they're going to rename it, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I have to tell you, uh, I'm getting, getting kind of tired of these McCain people. First, McCain decides that he's going to write some letter to be read by one of his flacks to the media and everything else, basically taking a backhanded swipe at President Trump. And then we learn that John McCain has expressly not invited, did not want Donald Trump at his funeral. Of course, Two of these things, these two things are exceedingly petty. And, yeah, Scott, you remember when John McCain called us hobbits? You're damn right I do. I remember John McCain. He didn't, like, he didn't like me and he didn't like you, even though we busted our rear ends for him in 2008. If I didn't know any better, I'd think he threw the election. He was such a horrible candidate. And thank God Sarah Palin was on the ticket. It was the only thing that saved him from sure historical obscurity was Sarah Palin. So anyway, so we got that. We got the letter. We got the disinvitation from his funeral. He didn't want Donald Trump at his funeral. And so now we've got this. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin John McCain's running mate in the 2008 presidential election has been excluded from his funeral. Now, at first, this was just a People magazine report, People magazine covering John McCain's funeral. Uh, it, it, It was a report in People which reported that Palin was not sent an invitation and was told through intermediaries to stay away from the ceremony. And Breitbart News has now independently confirmed, independently confirmed that report in People magazine. McCain fundraiser Carla Udi confirmed to people that Palin has not been invited, and she indicates that it's at the behest of the McCain family. Now, this actually is on the very day, the 10th anniversary of that date in 2008, when Sarah Palin was announced as McCain's pick for vice president. So now, Palin has been basically barred from the funeral. Donald Trump has been barred from the funeral and John McCain is as petty in death as he was in life. Now, there's no indication this was his decision. But come on. You know the family is just doing what what uh what he wants or what they think he wants. And you recall that that John McCain basically was not shy about saying that he regretted choosing Palin instead of Joe Lieberman. Boy, those two. Can you imagine McCain and Lieberman? They would have been t- zeroed out by Barack Obama. They 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 would have been swamped. They would have been a, the landslide of the century had it been a McCain-Lieberman ticket. And there were a lot of people, including a lot of you, who were – long-time grassroots conservatives who were skeptical of John McCain, who who were kind of like, I don't know about him. But then when he chose Sarah Palin, you were on board. Some of you uh, were not motivated even to get out and vote necessarily. It was like, oh, God, Lord. this old man running against Barack Obama, this black dude and old white dude versus black dude who's who basically the media is in love with. And, and, you, you know, this, is, is, this isn't going to turn out well. But then Sarah Palin was announced. And for a lot of us, it was like, oh, thank goodness. We got some energy on the ticket. And Sarah Palin, by the way, is awesome. And And, and it's not just because of her stances on conservative issues. She actually is factually awesome. She's statistically awesome. She had a 90% approval rating as the governor of Alaska. The governor of Alaska, 90% approval rating up there. They loved her there. She was an excellent governor. And as mayor of Wasilla, it it was a similar approval rating for her. As mayor of Wasilla, she was – excellent and and they loved Sarah Palin. So so I'm not just saying this because she's amazing personally, which I think she is, just in her whole uh attitude and her just the kind of woman she is. I I just adore that. But I, I but but she's factually awesome based on her approval ratings and everything else. And so Sarah Palin saved John McCain, from almost sure obscurity. He, he, he would have been destroyed. And how dare he come out and say he regretted Sarah Palin being on the ticket. She basically saved his political life. And now suddenly, the family has decided that they are, they don't want her at the funeral. And this is after, by the way, Uh, Sarah Palin said on Saturday, uh, upon the death of McCain's passing, I don't know whether you saw her, her statement, but she said, today we lost an American original. Senator John McCain was a maverick and a fighter, never afraid to stand for his beliefs. John never took the easy path in life. And through sacrifice and suffering, he inspired others to serve something greater than self. That was the statement by Sarah Palin upon the death of John McCain. A guy who had already regretted, by the way, and publicly so, having her on the ticket. I mean... This is, a, this is a person who who had already embarrassed her by claiming that she harmed his, his election, which is, which is completely tone deaf and completely wrong, by the way. And she still had a nice statement like that. John McCain was my friend. I will remember the good times my family and I send prayers to Cindy and the McCain family. And what does the McCain family turn around and do? Bar her from his funeral. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but whatever small amount of, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I, you know, rest in peace. You know, Whatever small amount of, of grace I had left in me for John McCain, the McCain family and uh, that that is totally evaporated here with, with this announcement that she's not that she 's not welcome at the McCain funeral and apparently too i 'm hearing that Cindy McCain is quite possibly going to be the one is who is going to to replace him. Uh, apparently let me let me see if there's any confirmation of that uh, announcement yet happening but apparently there's a really strong possibility that she will be named by the governor of Arizona to replace McCain in the in the US Senate first of all that's reprehensible Cindy McCain is not deserving of a U.S. Senate seat because she was married to John McCain. And and for the most part, I don't even know what Cindy McCain has been doing, but she clearly hasn't been doing much when it comes to working uh, for conservative political values and other things. I don't even know what she's up to. And it'd be different if she was some kind of like major league activist or if she was visible at all but this idea of plugging her into her dead husband's seat is just not something that uh, but but it's typical of how this how this country works sometimes in the, in the, in, the, in the in the in the land of the swamp because you know <laughs> this is a situation where where uh really you're going to you after all this after all the uh, we we uh Acknowledged, and after after all that we've we've talked about with the swamp, you guys are going to go and do one of the swampiest moves you can possibly do, and that is hand over John McCain's seat to his wife. It's like you got to be kidding me. I think I think they're going to give it to Sarah Palin, even though she's not even from from Arizona. She's from a state that begins with an A. Let's do that. But no, I mean, but that's what we're seeing. So anyway, this is that. That's the that's the sad news of the day is this realization that the McCain family is just as petty as John McCain was, and so please get this over with and 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 get this done and let's just I, this has been too long. So hopefully on Sunday, our our long national nightmare will be over. Boy, did you see President Trump when he was tweeting about the CNN and and this story? And I don't know what is it is it me? Do I have a? Uh, do, am I somehow just as crass as Trump is or whatever? But but. Is it not pleasing in a kind of a delicious kind of way to see President Trump saying on a tweet that CNN's ratings suck? <laughs> I mean, I, I, listen, I know – I mean, I know, I know that the, the president must be presidential, right? Whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. But I don't know. What does it mean to be – does anybody know – have we determined what it means to be uh, presidential – I don't know. But anyway, he goes out on a tweet and says CNN's ratings suck. (laughs) And that that, uh, Jeff Z, as he calls him, should be fired by AT&T. But I thought it was pretty cool. Some of you, some of the people who are constantly like trolling the President Trump about his tweets and everything you don't like it. Oh, this kind of language just is not appropriate for a president to be using. It's like, a, well, you know what? When a when a when a news organization essentially defames you and insinuates you are corrupt. I mean, we already have these news organizations saying, as a matter of fact, that he's a co-conspirator to a federal crime, which is. Defamatory in itself because it's not true, and again, the president uh, is a is a, a public figure and would have a hard time suing these guys. Even though clearly they have a reckless disregard for the truth, they have malice. But the problem is, you got to be able to prove damages, and 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 that that's the hardest part in any kind of defamation suit. And as I said earlier. Uh, In the show, and some of you weren't here when I was there, like when I sue the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Washington Free Press and the Riverfront Times and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, I will be able to prove damages for their libeling me by printing as a matter of fact that I threatened to sexually assault a young boy. So, so, so I will be able to prove damages, and even though I'm a public figure, I'll also be able to prove malice and a reckless disregard for the truth. And that will be able to be proved in one question to them, and that is when you wrote that headline or stated in your story or stated in your tweet as the editor of the Riverfront Times or whatever that Jamie Allman threatened to sexually assault a boy On what basis did you come up with that accusation? And they won't be able to answer it because they made it up. And it'll take two days to do this, baby. Two days, I guarantee you. And so, so, but President Trump, unfortunately, doesn't have that kind of a recourse mainly because he can't prove damages and also because I think it's – essentially the news media has learned that they can say anything about this guy and nobody is accountable to, to, to the truth. It's kind of why when Amoroso came out with this claim that, again, is fake – that the president used the N word on a on a tape, why no one bothered to ask? Okay, can we hear it? No one no one actually said can we hear it before they put together their nine person panels to discuss how horrible it was that President Trump used the N word on uh, use the N word on a on a on a tape. So so nobody even bothered to just like make that one step before they went on to it and say um can we hear him say the n word cuz that would help us discern whether or not it's true or not now you can't Okay, well, let's call in uh, Michael Eric Dyson and uh, any other left winger. Put a nine-member panel together, please. And uh, let's get uh, Rick Santorum in here to represent the Republicans. And let's go off to the races and talk about President Trump using the N-word. And we're all like, well, we don't have any proof he did. Shut up and watch TV and watch CNN. And that's what we got. And we got a week of that. And no one else. No one ever held Amoroso accountable. No one ever held the news media accountable for regurgitating the. What 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 is here is the, I don't know whether it's a lie, but it certainly is not proven to be true. I mean, and 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 that's when you have what is called a reckless disregard for the truth. Oh, and the other problem with those people. Uh, who I'm I'm going after? The other problem is that they did it and then changed it, which which is really bad when you when you when you do something and suddenly you change it and you're basically admitting your guilt at that point. So anyway, that, that'll make it even uh, that'll make it even easier. Yeah, Emily, true. Yeah, let's just wheel in Rick Santorum to be the conservative, and then he gets summarily eaten alive. But, yeah, there's no real recourse on this. And, and, and now Bernstein has decided that he's going to make this his crusade. How dare you? I've spent decades as a reporter with impeccable credentials and have always told the truth. And I'm not going to be bullied by the president of the United States into retracting a story that I stand by and so does CNN. And that's all he has to say. There's no requirement at all that in, in any way, shape, or form, no requirement at all that they, they retract it or do whatever. They just keep doing what they're doing, which is why I'm really glad the president – I don't care whether – about the being presidential or whatever. Why I'm glad the president decided uh, that, that he was going to put out in a tweet that CNN sucks. I mean that's that's fantastic. You talk about famous presidential quotes that'll go right right down in the in the history books as one of my favorite. You know, <laughs> we have uh, I, and I, President Trump, by the way, has had some really great speeches. So I'm not. So please uh, don't uh, don't think that I'm making fun of him here. But, you know, I used to make fun of Obama with his, you didn't build that, somebody else made that happen. Hey! And 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 I remember how despicable of a statement that was and how I, uh, and how when you compare it to, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And then, you didn't build that! Somebody else made that happen. That's, 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 our, that's our history book right there. But now we have another one, but I don't think that's as, as nearly as despicable or as disparaging as the you didn't build that somebody else made that happen. So we have ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, Gorbachev tear down that wall, and CNN sucks. <laughs> I like that. I like that version of it. Good morning, this morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. So anyway, so now apparently, as I indicated yesterday, but this is now confirmed by, a, by Ari Fleischer, who is, uh, who is a former uh, White House press secretary and now a Fox News contributor. But, uh, but he's on there. Uh, with Fox news and he is acknowledging and he's, you know, Ari has some good sources within the news media. And we also have uh, indications from yesterday about how within CNN, there's a problem because there are a lot of people who are working for CNN. Some of whom know the people who were fired a year ago for putting out a story that was false, Remember that? Three of them fired. But now, apparently, because Bernstein's name is attached to this, CNN will refuse to retract it. CNN isn't, and they're only doing it because Bernstein's name is attached to it. And the CNN people are like, man, if this were one of us, we'd be out on our asses here. You guys would have thrown us under the bus a long time ago. You would have retracted this. And so what's happening now is CNN – and again, I'm not sure, quite sure CNN can do more damage to its product than it already has done. But now CNN is actually in a situation where uh, they're, they're doing huge harm to themselves as a, as a news organization. I'll let I'll let I'll let um, I'll let Ari tell you all about it here. He's he's about to uh, get on here before I get through the uh, the one thing I do, I love the Mediaite website. A lot of a lot of um, great sound bites and things like that, but they don't have gun ads before their sound bites, which is disappointing. Like Breitbart does, I like that better. So. <laughs> Well,
4: President Trump blasting CNN for standing by its botched story about that 2016 meeting in Trump Tower, tweeting, quote, CNN is being torn apart from within based on their being caught in a major lie and refusing to admit the mistake. Sloppy Carl Bernstein, a man (laughs) who lives in the past and thinks like a degenerate fool, (laughs) making up story after story is being laughed at all over the country. (laughs) Fake news.
2: I'm sorry, but I love this stuff. I love how President Trump tweets and goes absolutely right around the news media, and it drives the news media crazy. Because because especially like CNN, they have to report on President Trump's tweets, and, and so and I'm not I've, I'm not quite sure I've actually uh, seen them actually read them verbatim. I think I think a couple of times what they do is they just show the tweet and not read it. So they just kind of show it up there, like if, like if, like certainly if if the tweet had a uh, something that would be they could use against him, they would, they'd read it, but they kind of ignore it. And CNN now has made this their big crusade, but it's it's killing them. But here.
4: CNN is standing by the report. Make no mistake, Mister President, CNN does not lie. We report the news, and we report when people in power tell lies cnn stands by our reporting and our reporters there may be many fools in the story but carl bernstein is not one of them wow
2: wow so cnn basically just came out and called president trump a fool so now it's on
4: here to react is Fox News contributor and former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer. Ari, great to see Good you. Good morning. What's your reaction?
5: Well, maybe they lie, maybe they don't lie, but they sure get a lot wrong. Uh, by my count, this is CNN's fifth blown bombshell relating to Donald Trump. The first it's interesting, too, by the way, that CNN
2: communications bit, the first part about lying. No one said that they are lying, right? They just said basically – and the President Trump insinuated they're lying. It's fake. I guess that, that's, that's intrinsic in that commentary. But nonetheless, though, notice how they didn't say they, they were uh, – they weren't wrong. They just said they didn't lie. Did you notice that about the CNN statement? They didn't say – well, they didn't say they're standing by their story, but they, but they didn't use the term wrong or they didn't, they didn't use the term accurate. They just said they didn't lie. Now, normally, I think in a situation like this, especially something as tenuous as this, you know lawyers are involved in writing this kind of stuff. It's more than just some CNN flack out there writing this thing. There are individuals who are writing this, and language does matter to them. Now, those of you out there in the legal world or in any world where you have to kind of uh, be a little discerning, when someone basically chooses – To use that kind of terminology that, well, I didn't lie. And then generally, that's not the issue. It's about you being accurate and fair. That raises a red flag, right?
5: Anyway, I'll already keep talking here. This was one of the CNN said that Comey will not say what Donald Trump said he'd say, that Trump is not under investigation. They messed up when they said Scaramucci was connected to the Russians. They said that Donald Trump Jr. knew about the WikiLeaks ahead of time, which turned out to be bogus. They said Michael Cohen was wiretapped. And now they said Donald Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting in advance. All five bombshells, all five duds, CNN gets a lot wrong.
4: How did this happen? How are they now being accused of telling a lie?
5: Well, I think the reason is because there's such a velocity and direction in the press to accept any... Assertion, or assertion that Trump did wrong, particularly with Russia. CNN and many of the media are so invested in this, wanting to get Donald Trump over Russia and collusion that they drop their normal editorial filters and they put things on the air that they should not put it on the air. And then once something goes wrong, they refuse to acknowledge it, which extent CNN into so much trouble now over the Trump knew in advance about the Trump Tower meeting with Michael Cohen saying it. Um, they're too invested. Mm-hmm. And so they don't do the diligence. Have they changed
4: their story? Because originally, Carl Bernstein and this Obama staffer, they co-wrote this article for CNN, and they said that their source. Well, the source now we're learning was Lanny Davis, who was Michael Cohen's attorney, and he's now saying we need to walk this back. I didn't. I regret not being much clearer. What he, what they wrote an article about was saying that Michael Cohen was willing to say that President Trump knew about that meeting with Don Jr. and the Russian attorney, when in fact now we're learning that wasn't true. So what? What's the, if they were just writing a story based on what their sources said, how do you avoid that if later Lanny Davis comes out and says that, that he was wrong he, and he walks Look, back. I don't
5: blame the media for getting something wrong if the source gives it to them wrong. Correct. But once a source gives it to you wrong, you need to acknowledge it. You need to come out and say we relied on Lanny Davis. Lanny Davis retracted his story and therefore CNN got it wrong. End of story. But here they're saying they have two sources. So one, they've got Lanny problems. But now the second source. My only guess is either CNN is too embarrassed to fix the reporting or Michael Cohen is the source that CNN is hanging its hat on. And if that's the case, Michael Cohen has big problems because he told Congress the opposite. And that could be perjury if Michael Cohen said one thing to CNN and then lied to Congress.
2: That was from just a few moments ago
5: on Fox News and
2: the most important part of that bit is that last part there because cnn is standing by its story even though one of its sources has said listen i was wrong and and and, and so cnn at that point the washington post used lanny davis as a source and once lanny davis said i was wrong the washington post said okay we 're wrong too see you later bye retracted mistake, boom, and as Ari Fleischer points out, if your source is wrong and you say, "Sorry, my source was wrong, then suddenly uh that that that's that's Okay, we get it. You 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 used a source that was wrong, and is that going to hurt you credibility-wise? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're using sources that are wrong. It's not going to help you the next time you do a story. And, and, but I understand that, and, and, and so, yeah, you were wrong. So Washington Post did the right thing. What Fleischer's trying to point out here and what he did point out here is that, all right, they're standing by their story. So – and Lanny Davis is supposedly one of the sources. He's basically jumped off ship here. So the only remaining possibility is that their other source is Michael Cohen himself. And at that point, Fleischer points out, which is awesomely devastating, is that the problem with that is that if Cohen is telling that to CNN and CNN is standing by it and Cohen didn't tell it, to the variety of different investigators that were from the Senate and the House under oath, right? Then you've got perjury issues going on here. So now there are some people who are standing on landmines that only blow up when you step off of it. Those were devastating landmines back in Vietnam. Are those Claymore... Mines, is that what those are, the Claymore mine? I don't know. But yeah, there are these these, uh, landmines, and you'd step on it, but it wouldn't blow up when you stepped on it. It would blow up when you stepped off of it. Crazy. I don't know whether those are Claymore mines or not. Some of you guys uh, back in the day, and Scott's pointing out that, uh, that CNN said that Lanny Davis was... Uh, their source, uh, but but I'm not quite sure they ever said his, they were his only source because they're maintaining they have multiple sources. Now keep in mind multiple can be two, so so a multiple source can be two, and and so Lanny's already popped off and said I'm not I'm not on this ship anymore. So uh, what Ari Fleischer is trying to 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 point out is that uh, then then that would leave another one and that would be basically uh uh that would be cohen and if it's cohen then he's either lied to congress or he's lied to cnn and now why at this point though at this juncture cnn if cohen is the source and they could basically say to cohen go hey man um david MacArthur says nope not a claymore it's just a pressure plate mine okay all right Thank you, buddy. Thank you, David. Dave MacArthur, awesome man there. I hope Moose is doing okay, by the way. Send him our love as well. So it's one of those situations where CNN could go to Cohen and say, dude, um, this stuff you're telling us, you never told the Congress. Well, uh, and and in fact, I don't know. I don't have the transcript in front of me. But uh, Fleischer indicates, too, that uh, – that Cohen explicitly told Congress that 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 he doesn't believe that they know them the the the, me, the the meeting took place like he didn't say any of that to them so then you got into real problems going on so i don't know why cnn is digging in but the the so the story is clearly false and and, and they're not budging and and seeing some cnn reporters are going crazy now uh do you all know what uh Uh, do do you all know what uh, monkeying things up and monkeying around is? You know you know that kind of thing. Don't, don't monkey around. Um. Well, apparently, what happened is uh, this: the, the 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 monkeyed up thing is now being seen as a uh, ra- racism thing um and Sandra Smith went out uh and, and 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 had to go on the air and say she they didn't really that that Fox News didn't really endorse or not endorse but condone the language used here here's here's Sandra Smith talking about it this I'm a Oh but contractor. first you're going to hear I, by the way I really wish to
3: make sure that I'm bringing in enough work to
2: that, that Mediaite would start putting gun ads ahead of their sound bites, just like Breitbart does. And what's interesting, too, here is that Mediaite, and ultimately we're going to get, like, an editor in so that I, can, I don't have to go through this kind of stuff. But when Radio Free Almond 2.0 starts, we'll have more of the equipment for that. But they, like, put on, they put on, like, 20-minute 20-second ad, ads here.
6: discuss the Florida election. During the interview, he made what some are calling an inappropriate comment about his Democratic opponent, Andrew Gillum. DeSantis has since clarified his comment in a statement saying, quote, Ron DeSantis was obviously talking about Florida not making the the wrong decision to embrace the socialist policies that Andrew Gillum espouses. To characterize it as anything else is absurd. Florida's economy has been on the move for the last eight years, and the last thing we need is a far-left Democrat trying to stop our success. We do not condone this language and wanted to make our viewers aware that he has since clarified his statement. Also, Mayor Gillum will be on with Shepard Smith today at 3 p.m.
2: How do you think that went? How do you? How, oh, first of all, it's Shepard Smith, who's a left-wing lunatic himself, how do you think the uh, the monkey this up monkey this up statement went over uh, when Shepard Smith talked to uh, Mayor Gillum? Now again, I'm not quite. I, I've heard I've heard the term monkeying around, but I but I haven't heard the term monkeying things up. Have you guys heard that before? Because because I, I haven't really heard that, and, and I can't say that. Uh, that 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 I believe that when Desantis warned Florida voters not to monkey this up by voting for Gillum, I can't. I certainly can't say that that's a racist statement because I don't think he meant it that way. But I didn't. But I didn't. I don't. I've never. I haven't heard the term monkey it up. I think I have you, Matt. Have you ever heard, heard the term monkey something up? I haven't either. I. I, I so uh, now I've heard monkeying around. I've heard that before, like to, to monkey around, but monkey this up. I've never, I've actually never heard, but monkeying, uh, monkeying around with things is generally uh, common. I guess it, I guess it just goes to show you, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be um, careful in how you speak. But one thing I am curious about, and I don't know, am I going to in trouble for this? Who's going to fire me? Why is it that every time, like the word, like a monkey word is used, and it and it evolves, in in this in this case, it was just loosely associated with something that was going on with Florida voters, and it happens to be a black person around. Why is it automatic that the word monkey refers to a black person? I don't really understand that it was kind of like when uh when they uh when, when there was there was there was a story a while back where there was a statue for whatever reason of a gorilla in a uh in a near a playground and they removed the statue of the gorilla and i think it wasn't really a statue of a gorilla but you know how they have these you know um just these animals play things you know around playgrounds you know you you know what i'm talking about But it was a gorilla, and there were people in the community who wanted the gorilla taken down because uh, it was it would offend the black children who go go to the playground. I'm trying to think. Well, and and that was made by black. That was a a statement. That was an insinuation made by black people. I'm going. why, Why would you think that a black child? Would be offended by the presence of a gorilla statue. I, I mean, I, 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 why are you making that connection? I, I just don't understand that. And, and, and I guess you know, in this day and age, everybody has to be careful about their language usage. I, I I get that, and 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 people do it to be careful. But is it? It's kind of weird to to every time there's something, you know. Made up uh, that involves a monkey—it's always automatically racist. Which I don't even—I never think of black people as monkeys, or I don't think that it's just—I I don't get it. I do have—I do have to admit, though, I do—I am careful sometimes. When, yeah, monkeying around, yeah, Mama K, monkeying around, but monkey this up—I don't understand. I, I think he—I think he meant monkeying. I don't know what he meant. But I, I don't think he. I don't think he was making a statement about a black dude. But but also though, like I, I have to admit, uh, I I am careful, just because you don't know, you don't want to uh, have any undue, uh, any undue. Uh, the beacon on you f- unnecessarily. So like when I when I use the term going ape, I generally kind of have to make sure that you know. I'm not talking about Maxine Waters or something, you know, because because then then people think, oh, you just called Maxine Waters an ape. It's like, no, I didn't. So that but that terminology, you know, generally, I've got to be careful about using that, that kind of generally as as individuals, we do have certain things that we're, you know, we have to kind of meter ourselves on and and have a little bit of a, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a volume. On there, and you got to be because because you just don't want anybody to, to be able to use it against you. But otherwise, you know, generally, I, I'm kind of surprised by people who are, you know, every time the word "monkeys" used, like you're making fun of black people. I go, no, I'm not. I I didn't even I didn't even consider that that gorilla statue has to be removed. Black children be offended. It's like why? Because you think black people are like gorillas? Is that what? You, I mean, what are you? What are you, what are you saying? Then I get it. Yeah, mucking up the waters. Maybe he meant that. I don't know, Tammy. Well, first, you know what we'll do? Let's double back and actually hear what DeSantis said. You just heard Sandra Smith basically saying that uh, that that they don't condone this language. I don't think I don't know whether that was necessary or not. But you know, in this day and age. That's all Fox News needs is you know they, had a, they allowed him to say this. It's like I don't even here, here. This is what he said. Taylor Smith was on with him by the way, and, and when she mm-hmm. when she talked, coffee. We're gonna get through a Please. coffee ad. Why are you doing a coffee California. ad when I don't have any coffee here? Your label. Don't you know? How dare you rub my nose in it, Coffee
6: houses because California- All right, enough. I saw such a decisive win. It wasn't even close. Why?
7: Well, I think it's a number of things. Uh, You know, I really believe that if if people knew that I was an Iraq veteran that I had a record of principled conservative leadership and that the president was supporting me that that would have been the profile that they would want to nominate uh, as their candidate for governor and so we drilled those three things over and over obviously when you have an opportunity to debate on Fox News which when we polled after the debate a huge percentage of our primary voters watched that debate Uh, so that allowed people Mm. to really size us up so I think the combination of the president doing the tweet on June 22nd uh, the debate on Fox, and then us finally starting to, to spend money on television advertising. Because when I was down, you know, I had had like $12 million dumped on me. I didn't spend any money yet. So we started to do that, and we just really hit our stride. You know, the, the president this morning uh, tweeted
6: this out. Not only did Congressman Ron DeSantis easily win the Republican primary, but his opponent in November is his biggest dream.
2: By the way, Andrew Gillum, or Gillum, or whatever you want to call him, there's not a chance in hell he's going to become the next governor of Florida. I hope you you know that uh, Floridians aren't going to go for this. They, they they usually elect Republicans as governors anyway. The idea of them electing some socialist is just it's beyond the realm of comprehension. Which is why, of course, this is now a this is now a uh, failed
6: socialist mayor named and Andrew the, Gillum they, who has allowed crime and many other problems to flourish in his city. This is not what Florida wants or needs how do you plan to beat him
7: well look i mean this is florida elections are always competitive and um you know this is a guy who although he's much too too liberal for florida i think he's got huge problems with how he's governed tallahassee uh you know he is an articulate spokesman for those far left views and he's a charismatic Uh
2: oh he called a black man articulate i'm surprised he didn't catch that one
7: and, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea. But I mean, he performed better than the other people there. So so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's. So
2: there's there's a pretty good indication that DeSantis uh, certainly is offering a level of props to Gillum and is saying is not dismissing him. And clearly, by the, by the sounds of this, he he, seems to, he he seems to respect him to a certain degree or at least respect his abilities to uh, – he doesn't agree with him on issues and, and, and will be able to get him on some of the ways that he did. Like he said, Governor govern Tallahassee is the mayor there, uh, but so far I'm watching an individual uh, getting some props from his opponent here
7: the success we've had on Governor Scott the last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state that is- so okay uh, did you
2: in hearing the entirety of this statement and hearing that how there was uh there, there was the, a statement that was preceded by a respectful discussion of the abilities of Gillum and seeing as how DeSantis just said monkey this up as if it just rolled off his tongue. I find it hard to believe that this would be an indicator of DeSantis being racist. And and I guess let's, let's put it this way. If DeSantis had gone on there and said, this guy doesn't know anything. He screwed up Tallahassee. He's a joke. He's he's a he's a nothing but a suit, and he's he's basically uh, empty and this and that and that. Uh, and then then uh, you know and then 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 afterwards he said monkey this up. There'd be like oh well DeSantis was really ripping this guy and was was really disrespectful. Let me I'll double back here real quickly. Uh let me play you what was occurring before the monkey this up phrase coming from Ron DeSantis, and you can decide whether Ron DeSantis just thinks that uh that, that is that Ron is a racist who doesn't actually take Gillum seriously in any way, shape, perform Here, I'll, I'll play it for you.
7: Right, listen. Much too too liberal for Florida. I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far-left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. And, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that it was, it was my cup of tea. But, I mean, he performed better than the other people there.
2: I mean, okay, articulate, charismatic, performed better than the other people there. He's like, it doesn't surprise me at all that Democrats— Voted for this guy because, you notice, he didn't say because he's black. He said Democrats voted for him because he's articulate, spokesman for these issues that Democrats like, that he is charismatic, and that he performed better than any of the other candidates. Not one time did DeSantis indicate at all that any kind of racial thing, and he didn't demean Gillum, by saying oh they just elected him because he's the uh, he's the he's the token black didn't say any of that stuff and in fact DeSantis is giving him a lot more props than you'd think that an opponent would give him and he but he's saying listen I'm not going to write this off I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to write this guy off I have respect for him he's performed better he did all this kind of stuff and and, and
7: the the context is everything, people. Although he's much too too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. And you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea, but I mean he performed better than the other people there. So so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That is not going to work. That's not going to be good for Florida. Uh, So I'm going to fight for what I believe in because I think I'm the guy who can really lead Florida in a good direction.
6: Well, Gillum had a strong come from behind win. So to what do you attribute the momentum that he suddenly saw?
7: So keep in mind, Sandra
2: I love her, by the way. I I wish she used to be on the show back in the day and uh, got famous fast. I mean, she she used to be just the business channel, and so we had her on then. But once she started doing all the anchoring stuff, she she had no time for the show anymore. Love her. But you notice Sandra didn't even bat an eye. I don't know whether she did or not, but she didn't indicate that she did. And then wound up having to read this statement later on because everybody freaked out that he used the term "monkey up." But if you look at the full context or listen to the full context of DeSantis's statement, he, he he is very generous in giving Gillum all kinds of props for being a uh, an articulate spokesman for democratic ideals, a charismatic person, and a good performer in debates. I don't know. <laughs> Those are some pretty mad props right there coming from an opponent. So anyway, Sandra read that statement that I showed you, and then ultimately what happened is it would, uh, they they decided they were going to put take put Gillum um, on Shepard Smith's show. And now I'm sure that you all um, kind of uh, – y- you know how this kind of thing goes, goes down because Shepard Smith is a left-wing kook like all the rest husband. of uh, – uh, the MSNBCers and and other people in the mainstream media, so of course you're going to get a level of exploitation of this whole comment and everything else that you're not going to get maybe on some other uh, other outlet or whatever. And Shepard Smith is always reliably anti Republican, reliably anti Trump, and of course since Trump. Um, since Trump did endorse DeSantis, of course we are off to the races on this one here with Gillum. They do. Your November opponent, Ron DeSantis, as mentioned, was on Fox News Channel this morning, and since then there has been a bubbling on the Internet. It's trending. It's at the top of most political websites. Yeah, well, so that they, that makes it news. I, I love it how news people, by the way, that, that's the sum total of our news. news people, is as long as something's trending... Or going viral or whatever that makes it news now it's, you could easily make something trend by the way uh, you can there are all kinds of mechanisms that you can use to make something trend, and of course, the comment trended because everybody decided because first of all, all the interwebs these are not they 're not trending on. Conservative sites are trending on sites where people hate Trump, hate DeSantis, hate Republicans, hate conservatives. And so this is Shepard Smith's excuse to make this a big deal because it's trending. Something that he said to our host, Sandra Smith, regarding the upcoming election. I, I want to let our viewers hear what was said.
7: So we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going. in. Oh, huh. That's interesting. That's uh,
2: Shepard Smith said, here's what he said. And it's interesting. They didn't choose to play what I just played for you, did they? They picked it up at the point where it's
7: important, I guess. huh? Okay. Direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state.
8: It was the monkey this up part. Sir, your response. Yeah, that, that that part wasn't lost on me. Uh.
2: Of course it wasn't. Why, why wouldn't you exploit some faux racist comment when you are an individual who is – it's your only hope of gaining any ground as a socialist candidate for the gubernatorial role of Florida? And again, it's interesting. Again, I just got through playing for you. The entire statement, or at least most of it, from Ryan DeSantis. And it's interesting, Shepard Smith didn't ask him, what do you think of him saying that you were charismatic and you performed better than all the rest? They chose that this monkey up thing, based on trending, was going to be the deal. And of course, what do you think Gillum's going to do with it? It's
8: very clear uh, that Mr. DeSantis is uh, taking a page directly from the campaign manual of Donald Trump. Uh, Uh But I think he's got another thing coming to him. If he thinks that in today's day and age, Florida voters are going to respond to that level of derision and division, they're sick of it. Uh, what we're trying to offer in this race was is that a racist, North Star or, a, for or a, where a, we want or to go a, as a state.
5: Was that racist or a figment of speech? Well,
8: uh,
2: well, what's a figment of speech, by the way? Is it figure of speech? Uh,
8: uh, uh, in the uh, the handbook of Donald Trump, they no longer. Uh, Uh, do uh, whistle calls, they're now using full bullhorns. And that was a bullhorn? And what I've got to say about that is that uh, we've got to make sure that we stay focused, I think, on the issues that confront everyday people.
2: Yeah, okay. So, you know, he even used the term derision, and clearly DeSantis wasn't deriding him at all. Everything was preceded by nothing but compliments from DeSantis. And again, I think maybe it would be even a little different if DeSantis was clearly disrespectful of Gillum as a person or even as opponent. But every indication to me, because you just heard it, right? It's too bad Shepard didn't play it, but you just heard it, right? And and you heard him uh, clearly showing respect for his opponent, clearly showing his respect for, for Gillum. So anyway, I'm glad you guys were able to get the full story, at least from me, right? Uh, so you're not you, – and, and and that's all we can do is try to break through uh, some of this garbage out there and and cut through it. And again, uh, when I when I heard him say that, it just sounded like he's monkeying around, monkeyed up, monkey this. I don't know. That's the world we live in these days. I guess you got to be extra careful, especially when everybody's waiting for you, especially when you're tied to Donald Trump. So they can't get the N-word on tape, but they could get DeSantis saying some word that they can turn into to, uh, racism. But that's the world we live in these days, people. All right. Uh, time to take off from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. <laughs> Bullhorns. Is that a reference to Bull Connor? Who knows, right? I can't keep up with this stuff, right? All right, people. Thanks a ton. Tomorrow, Kim Paris is going to be on with us. And Jimmy Talent's going to pop on as well. Next week, Judge Napolitano is back from vacation. So he's going to be on with us on Tuesday. And Eric Bowling is going to be on with us next week as well. Kind of one of a new, hopefully new regular contributors to the show so have a nice happy Thursday everybody take care